With your host, Brett, and the one that shall not be named except his name is Eric. Eric, tell him your name. It's, it shall not be named except my name. <laughs> except your name and tell him your name. This is this is like the cast party, I think. This is the cast this party? The cast we're, yeah. we're, at, we're in it. We're in it. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, they're all welcome. You're all welcome to join the party. Uh, come on in. Uh, we're drinking here. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? We're back at a party. What are you drinking? Yeah, so I had I had to go to the DMV today. Oh, yeah, then you uh, then you need a drink. I, so I needed a drink. So I stopped <laughs> by a, a local brewery. So I'm having this uh, IPA called Ghost Predator. Ooh, that's a cool bottle. Yeah, cool can. Cool can. Not, not a bottle, a can. Mm-hmm. Let's call it what it is, all right? Let's, uh, we call it as I see it, all right? I see <laughs> yeah. a can here. <laughs> that, is, that is definitively a can. Just as your name is Eric, that is a can. <laughs> we know two things in this world. <laughs> and those are the two. Those are the two things. We're we're pretty tapped after that. Yeah. I I got me another whiskey today. I'm doing a whiskey on the rocks. This is uh called Minor Case. Ooh. Minor Case. I just kind of it's just a cheaper one. It's not like anything to ride home about. I was trying to find a cheaper mixer to replace one that I'm I usually love, and it was for some reason not on the shelves, called mm. the Rittenhouse Rye, and this was kind of like the closest replacement I can find. The fancy thing about it is that it is sherry cask finished. Ooh. Yeah, a little more of those uh, little wine. Really, it just makes it like a little, as a rye goes, rye's very spicy, and when you finish it in like a wine barrel, kind of dumbs that down, Brings which that makes it good for a mixed down. drink. Yeah, it takes that down, and then you just... When you mix drinks, it just doesn't matter anyway. Though this is on the rocks, it's still fine. It's, right. it's whatever. You like a little Nothing little more today. muted flavors, I feel like, for uh, for a mixed drink. Because since you don't really know what you're going to be mixing with when you, when you buy it. Yeah, I feel like I found... You, you don't want the really powerful whiskeys in a mixed drink. I think a lot of people... I've, I've, there's a misconception that like you want the stronger whiskey as the mixed drink so that it... You know, shows up in the way. I'm like, no, none of that. Do a nice weak whiskey. I mean, they're all strong, so you don't need yeah. like the and powerful like, whiskey. And and you 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 are more of the whiskey guy than I am. But like, if I want to taste the whiskey, I'll just t- I'll just drink taste the whiskey. <laughs> right, right. I'll just, I'll just have the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't you don't need that. If I want to if I want to make like a drink out of it, then I want to taste the drink. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. Like so, I I, I like that. This is a forty-five percenter. Uh, Forty is the minimum. Forty percent alcohol is the minimum to be called a whiskey. Okay. And then, um, you know, they go as high as like sixty-six percent in like barrel-proof ones. Those are those are too much. Way too much. Don't ever use that in like a mixed drink. That's like that's like you're 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 also got to be like an aficionado at that point, or that <laughs> thing's gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had like a cast strength. A bottle of Jameson because I went to the the distillery mm. and so right, you got the, Jameson's a, a known weaker one, right? That's like yeah. always bottled at forty percent, like gonna be yeah, pretty smooth. This one, it it wasn't at like sixty five percent or whatever, but yeah, that was my that's my only experience with cast make. It did did taste different, but 
I'm sure it did. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And the flavors generally pop out more. I yeah. mean, they are legit diluted when because they're bringing them down to that forty percent mark and going like, "That's good. Send it." Um, all right. Well, we are back on a D and D episode. We haven't been here for a while. Doesn't it, doesn't it feel like forever? It, <laughs> it feels I like mean, it has. It's been over a month, maybe even two months since our mm. last D and D episode. Actually, probably was like yeah, two months ago, which is just absurd. Um, too much and we have a lot of uh, the, the latest news though is that uh we finally concluded our D campaign yeah the curse of strahd finally we have ended. defeated strahd uh, and you went came back to the real world the prime material plane uh and we've been playing that campaign for like a year and a half over, it feels year, like. yeah, over a year which i don't think as far as a campaign goes and i think you've mentioned this a bunch of times throughout the campaign is like we really stretched that thing out yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that is that was designed for like i don't what would you say like 10 to 10 episodes right. maybe and well like, yeah it depends on how how yeah like if you just like if you just punched through the material, yeah, it, it's a designed to be like levels like one to two up to like ten or eleven. But yeah, the pacing of it, there's like not much there, so you can just be like, right. go to this city. Okay, I do this. Yeah, go to this right. City. Yeah, go, you could ignore the walk between this. cities and and just hit the main story points. And if you're yeah. doing that, I would say yeah, ten episodes, ten to twenty episodes. Yeah, yeah, ten to twenty. Yeah, and then but if, meanwhile, we, we were a weekly thing. Did it for over a year. So you imagine we did like sixty episodes of this, right? Yeah, and it was. I I really liked it. I liked how it ended. We kind of cut it short because we we. Yeah, we and that was like with that was with on. rushing it for the last ten. Yeah, <laughs> the when, last ten was was a majority of of. Uh, yeah, a lot of it story. was just like. Okay, you get here. Which actually, I think it turned out all right because I was kind of yeah. getting like done with this campaign. I was like, all right, mm-hmm, I started mm-hmm. working on the other one. I was like, all right, I'm excited for this one. There, there weren't many more characters to introduce to us at that point, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, there wasn't we any. kind of had explored all the cities. We've met all the characters. Our classes were all fleshed out. Yeah, we really just had to get to the point at that. Yeah, there, level. Th- there was a few things that we didn't get to, um, right? One, the probably the biggest thing was I literally had to start working on this like session like two when we actually got to Barovia. When mm. you and your character said, let's just go straight through the woods, get to the mountain so we can see everything. I was like, there's nothing in that forest. So I better make something in that forest. Oh, and okay. then it was like, I have nothing planned that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, right, you, you gave us a map. Which, like, constrains us, but also opens up all the possibilities. Like, now we have a map. Now we know where we are. Like, we can head in any direction. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I was like, oh. And that kind of, like, put a light bulb in my head. I was like, oh, I need to make sure that there's, like, stuff all over the place. Just, yeah. Just anywhere we ended up, like, just generate some general things yeah. that could happen out there. So Which, I any had... small encounter you make could end up taking half an hour, which will be, like... Half a session, right? I mean, like, yeah, definitely. You, you I, th- I guess the, one of the shortest ones I remember is, is the one where I did the counter charm. You had the dancing spell going on, <laughs> yeah. which was one of my favorite encounters because, like, my character was made for it. I was like, okay, yeah. bring it on. Like, this there was perfect. like, there was like an encounter where there was these cursed instruments that 
were that charmed anybody who come across them and this that was it and that <laughs> was it yeah that was the whole to, encounter and they had to they were forced to dance around in a circle around this mystical bonfire and right. yeah that was it but it was hilarious just because it's like <laughs> all right there was like a da- there was like a song and dance battle going on there was i was i was and uh going at it i was counter charming that shit that was pretty great uh but yeah i think that one for instance that was a shorter i mean mostly because i was like immediately like oh dude bring it on i'm counter charming this let's go we kind of solved it you know with a couple rolls and then Mm -hmm. it was it and then like we searched the bodies that were there and moved on. I know that was yeah. probably like a 15 minute encounter. So, but even something like that could spark, you know, like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't head this direction. Let's have the, like, you know, a right, party yeah, to be like, yeah. let's stop doing let's this. Go somewhere stuff. Else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was a, and there's all kinds of stuff. Like I had explained that there was just like a large river that they had to cross and they spent 15 minutes deciding how to get across. Yeah, the how do you right? Yeah. We ended up building a raft <laughs> yeah. for like no real reason. We could have just followed the damn just, river, but right, yeah. we built a raft. Uh, so yeah, you never know how, how long things are going to go, but we're into like campaign two with the same characters, but now we're in the totally homebrewed world. Yeah. So that's excited. the second part of the news, right? Is like, yes, we closed the campaign and we should be all done. But we continue. (laughs) (laughs) So something you could definitely do. uh, This was, we're transitioning now from a uh, D&D campaign designed Lord of Strahd. You could buy the book and have all the resources. Now Eric's kind of going out on a limb now and doing a homebrew world. Right. Um, What was the map resource you used? The map looks fantastic. I think that's kind of the most important thing to at least start yourself off with yeah yeah maybe a map i like that so i use this uh app called wonder draft i liked it because it's it so it's kind of similar to incarnate which is another popular one i like wonder draft because you just buy it once and Mm. then it's yours forever instead of as many maps as you want many maps as you want and like one one of the things i wasn't too sure about was like "Mm, well what if i just make like a couple maps and then i don't use them for or i'm just using these maps for a year but i'm not making any new maps it's like oh, i don't really want to pay for like a couple years of subscription so that's why i chose mm. wonder draft mm-hmm. but yeah i really like the map i it it helps sometimes just like look me looking at it trying to come up with ideas just be like oh, yeah no, i haven't I, done anything with this part. i yeah, agree I, I, j- just just like we mentioned with okay we have the map of barovia i need to make encounters just across this map well, you could think about it the same way. Like, wherever they are spatially, you could be like, well, what's going to happen in this city? And you decide, oh, there's going to be a king in this city. Oh, this one's going to be ransacked. Oh, this one's exactly. in charge by a cult. Oh, you know, and you just kind of go along and, and, and you got... Because the map and the locations are going to dictate what your party is going to end up going to do. And then that's where their side quests are going to begin and all the situations that are going to happen there. I think oh, it's yeah. the natural progression for how to design... In, in a general sense, how to if you're starting from scratch, what to do with a homebrew world that you yeah. want to do is, is yeah. start with a map. I think is is where, where right, to do. And, and that map can be eh, well. You know what? This kind of sounds like a whole topic. It really we is. We'll, we'll definitely a... come into an, another episode because now you're going to have a lot more experience with the homebrewing stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah but today definitely. we are going to go back into our character creation series. We haven't visited this for a couple a long time because we haven't been on D and D in a long time, and there's still a lot of classes left to hit. Today, 
we are gonna hit the bard. Dun dun dun. Uh, this is, of course, the one that I have been playing for this whole campaign. So yeah. I'm well apt in it. Uh, though we are gonna go into uh, subclasses in both Xanathars and Tasha's. Uh, most people are just gonna work out of the player's handbook. We're gonna start with those two subclasses. There's only two for the bard. Yeah, which is well, it's strange, but I get it because the bard gets probably like, except for maybe the wizard, the bard probably gets the most just from its core. Class. And I, I say the wizard, but it's mostly just because of all the different spells that they can get. But uh, yeah, the bard gets just like a ton of stuff in its core class. Yeah, it, do- it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. We'll we'll go over that for sure. I, I think it's definitely limited in a in one aspect of the game and unlimited in the other aspect so (laughs) um we'll we'll get going let's start with the base bard class this is without any subclasses at all what you're gonna get with your bard uh and, and like you mentioned you you do get a good amount with just your bard class so Starting out, it is a uh, spell caster, of course. Uh, they 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 are, as we'll see, not good at the martial combat <laughs> whatsoever. They don't even have like the possibility to be good as some of the other spell casters do. That the bard like really doesn't, um, right. as we'll see. Uh, so he gets bardic inspiration at level one. That is his marquee ability. So th- this is and this is a lot of fun to use. I have to say. Um, though I also mentioned in the past how it's also the most frustrating bard ability ever because you'll use it and you like, I'm not even joking, uh, six to seven out of 10 times. They won't use it. Whoever you inspired. Yeah. And you'll feel like a lost cause. It'll feel like you literally did nothing because this is like what you do. It is the only like resource that is based on your teammates using it. (laughs) Right. It is kind of funny because, yeah, it's like there is a... I feel like there's a feeling, kind of like, especially in gamers, where it's like, I need to hoard this resource. I only got one of this. Like, I don't... Do I really want to use my Bardic Inspiration? Right, right, right. Get a hit in? And it's just like, yes, use it. Yeah. The the Bardic Inspiration feels like, just send them... Yeah, just, just, like, clip them out. Like, literally every turn, if there's a Bardic Inspiration charge... Use it. Just just crunch them out. Use them till there's none left. They last for pretty much the day, you know, like or as long as the battle. So like, just yep. use them up. You'll get them back on a short rest, which is nice. Um, or maybe that was only for for me because I had a a feat. Because uh, actually, it says you regain any expended uses when you finish a long rest. So yeah, long yeah. rest. So yeah, the the so the inspiration lasts uh for ten minutes. You can use it a number of times equal to your charisma modifier, and it starts out as a d6, but it which continues... Is, which to, is decent at that low level. Level one, we're talking about. Right, yeah. That will... Yeah, that, that'll, that'll help. I think it's more impactful at level one with the d6 than it is at any other level in the game. Yeah, once you get the higher levels, the d12 can be pretty nuts. Yeah, right. Um, it's, it's like that whole mid part of the game that it doesn't matter anymore. Like, when you're getting in a higher level, but it, it doesn't become a D8 till fifth level. So like that level three, level four, when it's still a D6, it's like, eh, it's not very useful. And then right at the later levels, like the level seven, eight, nine, 
it's still D8. Doesn't feel very impactful. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the the jump from D6 to D8 doesn't feel that big. But, right. It, like, it doesn't what, feel like it evolves strong enough, really. But yeah, they can't and, make it D20. Like <laughs> they can't right, get yeah, they can't, can't, can't make it that <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, but once it gets started to like, you can be like, hmm, I can get a plus eight to this or something. So you can use it on a, a attack or uh, ability check or a saving throw, right? Or is it not not a saving throw? You can use it, it on save. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. And that that's the biggest thing, the saving throw. Where you have someone's just like, oh, you're going to be banished. So now it's like, oh, I failed by like three. And it's like, okay, now we can finally, we can use this bardic inspiration for a saving throw and then you're back in the fight. Right, we should officially mention what it does. So you, you... You get an uh, inspiration. You can send it to any creature within 60 feet of you that can hear you. Uh, and they get to roll a dice determined by your inspiration die. Uh, again, it starts at a D6. It upgrades to a D8 at 5th. It upgrades to a D10 at 10th. It upgrades to a D12 at 15th. And you get to add that roll when you. it is a one use only. but And they can only have one inspiration at a time. Now, multiple people can have an inspiration die, so you get, like, you have charges equal to your charisma mod, so up to five, right? If you have 20 charisma, which is nuts, uh, definitely recommended, of course. Right. The more inspiration you get to toss out, the better. Uh, And you can, if you have a party of five, you can send it to all four if you have that many charges. But they use it, they lose it. It's just a one-time use. Just bam. Uh, But again, you recharge it after a long rest, which is uh, good enough. Yeah, that's good enough. The I think the best part about it is that since it's a bonus action and not a spell, you can that's like, the other use, big your whole action. Is, is you're going to use you're going to use this on every turn that you have a charge because yeah. it's a bonus action. Yeah, so you're just going to like attack. You're going to cast a spell, and then you're going to always inspire at the end. Until yeah, and you that's have no charges left. Ha- like using bonus actions. So now I'm running another campaign for some people who haven't played before. So obviously, you're starting lower. Like mm. or at the lower levels, and there's just not a whole lot of classes that can effectively that use bonus, bonus actions in combat. Right. So it's just like having some, having a a character that can do that. Like it, it's definitely something. Just being, I would, to, I mean, Bard definitely to me for sure. I felt stronger at level one than any other level in the game. <laughs> like a, no, no joke. The Bard in the early, early, early levels is. Like level one, level two, I think the bard is the one of the strongest classes in the game. I think it severely drops off at level three and beyond. Because <laughs> level three, all the classes kind of kind of come into their own, and the bard right. just kind of sits there. We'll we'll talk. I mean, level three is where you get all these primary abilities, and for the bard, honestly, it just feels so lackluster. Yeah, and like there is something to that. So I, I, I definitely agree with you because especially on the rolling to help attack rolls, like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, like at level like at our levels, which is twelve, like you have to roll yeah, you're like not one through three. Yeah, you're, yeah, right. Not you're, you're not you're not gonna use it. People have like a plus twelve to attack. And even and, and even for the save side of things, at the level twelve, what's gonna happen is the the save to save on a boss fight's like mega controlling domination spell is going to be like a friggin' 30. And you're just like, you're never going to attain that even with the bardic inspiration. It's like, feels like a lost hope. <laughs> yeah. There, so there definitely is part of Like it. there's generally uh, a big gap. Like I rolled a five 
oh, well, I know the save's going to be 20. Like, there's, yeah. I literally can't use the inspiration now. <laughs> like, there's, there is no world that, in which it even helps. And and even even in the cases where it does help, it's like now I have to roll like this whole power of the class. I have like a one in six chance to even make this help me out. <laughs> like, and, otherwise, it just right, might yeah. do nothing. It's like that feels horrible. Because we should Absolutely point out uh, to you in order to or the how the timing works for the bardic inspiration is. So mm-hmm. I roll to attack. I see what I rolled. The DM hasn't told me if that hit or miss yet. Then right. I have to decide before I know if it's going to hit or miss to use Bardic Inspiration. So it'll right. be like, oh, I'm going to roll my Wisdom save so I don't get charmed. It's like, right. like 15, like, mm, that might mm, not be enough. Yeah, how do you feel about a 15? But a 15 yeah. is like, that's a decent number to hit, right? Out of 15, yeah. you're like, okay, I should probably use my Inspiration. I, it is it's most likely that I can help out. If I'm gonna, but that's like honestly, in most situations that I've found, it never ends up that way. <laughs> like it's lot, always like they're either like, way too far away. Yeah, I, I roll eight. Just on the table. It's like okay, well, uh, even if I roll, even if yeah. I roll eight, that still might not be enough, right? Or they crit, and it's like okay, well, I'm not going to use. Like I, I, I think I'm passing. I don't, I don't think I'm failing mm-hmm. anyway. I'm like it's just I, for some reason. I, I guess in the eyes of the bard, it just seems like I'm never useful. But <laughs> there, there, of course, are those one in ten situations where you are. But like, do you do really you, want to play a class where you're one in ten useful? Do you think that is a product of the bard being like a a support class that doesn't like directly impact the numbers on somebody's character sheet? Like, like healing, it's very like right. I it's healed just like, you. Bam, for, you're healed. You're healed. Yeah. Now. Like I got you up. Now you can attack. But for bard, it feels like. It's just like always just on the cusp of like, oh, like you could just save somebody's life by not right. ha- not having them being dominated. But right. also you could just be like, okay, you rolled, um, you rolled a 16 and then you're saying they'll be like, please use it. He's probably has like a spell save DC of 18 and you, and you see some go, I'm not going to use it. You failed. You're like, ah, <laughs> like, no. yes. Every, like yes to all, all of the above. Right. That's exactly yeah. how it feels. Yeah. It, it, I will say you're going to have some bad beats as the bard and like, it's going to feel bad because it's going to happen. It's guaranteed to happen as you play bard that you're going to be seeing a lot I think there's more situations in which you get frustrated from these class abilities than the amazing thing happens. Now, it does happen the once in a while, but I'll tell you what. It, it definitely happens more often than that, that these abilities get wasted, that it doesn't end up helping, that like it just feels bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's, let's move on down through the, through the bar, though. Let, let's give, yeah, yeah, let's let's go, give them a taste of what else. Yeah. Uh, now, he, a level two, is th- this is, yeah, this is where the bard gets fun, at least. They get the jack-of-all-trades ability, uh, and this really separates out the bard class, right? This, to yeah. me, is really the bard class, not not the inspiration. The inspiration is one thing, it's, it's combat ability, but this is where the bard shows up. Starting at second level, you get to add half your proficiency to any ability check that doesn't include your proficiency bonus. Yeah, so you're either proficient in it, so you add your or at least half proficient. or half. Of, <laughs> I I think the best moment was one one session you weren't there, so I had uh, another player take control of your character during a fight. Mm-hmm. I just had too many other things going on, 
and they just looked at your character and go like, holy crap, what are all these modifiers <laughs> on his skills? They're just like so insane. It, yeah, like, I, I, everything oh, is like at least plus three. <laughs> yep, yep. Everything's at least plus three and you're going to have that no matter what. And uh, that's going to get even better at level six. Because uh, let's continue down. Uh, you also get the Song of Rest at second level. You know what's funny about the Song of Rest? I feel like in early levels, this never, ever, ever matters. And then later on in the campaign, all of a sudden, short rests become more important. You find yourselves in dungeons and other places where short rests become more possible, yeah. more, more like they actually happen. And then these Song of Rests actually matter. Yeah, it's and I, I see this ability kind of get bagged on sometimes, but I I definitely agree with you because and I get like, why it would be bagged on because again, it literally at second level, I agree, it never matters. It, it never literally matters. does not matter, and it's not going to matter until way later on. Yeah, and so it, I think this matters especially if like you don't have a full like life cleric at your party too. Because I think yeah. a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, like, oh, like a D8 healing at ninth level extra. It's like on a short rest, like whatever. But if you don't have like a, a full healer, then those short rests and those hit die are like going to be the main source of healing for after a big fight. And you're like you said, right. you're in a dungeon. You can't you're or like it doesn't make sense that you're ready to leave or maybe uh, the DM like collapsed the tunnel behind you, so you have to. The only way is like through the dungeon, so you have to take a mm -hmm. short rest, and that's how you're going to get back from you know 30 health to 70 health. Then it's just right. the short rest, and now you get an extra D8 out of it. Th this one's also very uh, campaign dependent. We should mention too. I mean, it, it, if you're a campaign that's doing a lot of short resting, this thing's ridiculous, right? It's like every short rest, you just bam, song of rest. Yeah, I mean every it, time. Like Everybody extra, gets extra a D8. Yeah. Like, every, or a D6. Extra. So, like... And it's just, like... It's helpful. Yeah, think about that, like... Mass Cure Wounds is something like 3D8, and that's, what, like a level 5 or 6 spell? Right. So, this is I, a free thing you get, and you just... You get to heal 1D8 to everybody. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's, it's also... Like, a more experienced campaign might like this more you know what i mean like a new campaign and new players i can't imagine they short rest often you know like yeah. that's not yeah, natural know. to them but like an, a super experienced DD campaign that's super into the lore they're probably constantly like, like oh, oh, let's well, take let's take a short rest yeah, yeah oh yeah, well, like, let's, let's grab a bite to eat in our bags and and yeah. like the ones that have a comprehensive inventory of like everything they're yeah. doing that day like, they're yeah. the ones that short rest, and like, yeah, this is like perfect with that. Yeah, while the wizard is taking down a spell scroll in his in his book, everyone else takes short rest. Or you have a warlock in your party who's who just always wants a short rest, or like a fighter who wants to. There you go. Yeah, it, it, right. It, with any, if you're if you're in a group comp that relies on short rests, yeah, to get back the power and of the group, uh, it might it might help to have a bard. And, and yeah, with, with that, I was like, you know what? I guarantee, like in every super super experienced D and D group, I'm sure someone wants to be the bard, right? Like someone oh, yeah. wants to be doing this random shit. Like mm -hmm. they already know how to handle themselves in combat, so like they right, need yeah. this random dude to like just like help them out in all these other ways. And I bet the more experienced players will use the bardic inspiration a lot. 
better. Too. Right, yeah, because they're, they're not worried about, right, they're not worried about the guys not using it. They're like, yeah, oh, yeah. I know that this creature probably needs a 16 to hit them. I'm mm-hmm. going to freaking use it. Yeah, yeah, right. I agree. Absolutely. All right, moving down the list, third level, uh, we'll go into the Bard Colleges. The Bard College is uh, what the Bard goes into as a subclass. So every Bard right. just has a college that they uh, have learned to be a Bard at as their subclass, which is a, a neat little yeah. uh, cute trope. Um, but this is also where the Bard comes into his own in one aspect of the game, because <laughs> it gets expertise. So you're yeah. going to choose two skill, two more skill proficiencies. So remember at this point, You've already chosen two. You get two more from usually your background. You're going to choose two more now. Well, the, these and ones, you no, you, you just get, you choose two of the skills you are currently proficient with. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. At, at 10th level, you're going to choose two, another two. Okay, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's two of the ones you're proficient in. You're going to double the bonus that they get. That gets insane. This is why uh, my character Swifty has a plus... 12 in persuasion right with and that that's just base level that's just he's just got a plus he just has plus 12 yeah it it is pretty nuts because it's insane (laughs) i just rolled like we just like we're buying wagons the other day and i rolled a 30 (laughs) just buy wagons and persuasion (laughs) it's just like what 30 is not a real number Whatever you say is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, look, whatever yeah. you want. Whatever just, you want right now. Hey, yeah. you want it? You got it. 30. Like, wow, Done. this guy is super persuasive. I should probably just <laughs> go again. <laughs> he seems to be right. So, yeah, expertise is super cool. And I love this because you can really start to play with and like fine tuning your bard build by like which. Yeah, like, what are you going to focus on? Yeah, what do you want to be? If you want to be the super deceptive guy, go ahead. If you want to be a super acrobatic guy, go ahead. If you want to be, yeah, right? If if you want to be super investigator man, go ahead. You know, just like, yeah, pick pick your poison and you are going to be freaking amazing at it. At level three. At level three, you're talking like, because usually... Yeah, at minimum, we're talking like a plus three for like an ability score you really want, right? So proficient, you're talking like nearing a plus 10, right? <laughs> like just like all of a sudden, plus yeah. eight, let's say, plus eight on like whatever skill you really want, just uh, like base level. Yeah, it, it is crazy. And this is one of the things that continues to scale with your uh, does level. As your abilities your go up. Goes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. at level five, your proficiency bonus goes up to three. So you get an additional two, yep. or a plus two on your skill, which is crazy. Yep. So yeah, this this is one of those things that you'll just look down at your character sheet like, oh, I have a plus nine stealth for some reason. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> for, for being a part. <laughs> uh, moving on through. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I will say too. Like these are the things that you should think about when you're trying to build your your bard. If you want it, like you said, a super acrobatic. Maybe he's a circus performer bard. So make sure you're yeah. making decks your second highest next to charisma or something, and then make sure you choose acrobatics for your expertise. So like. This is what we we're talking about by thinking a couple levels uh, down the line, not just like yeah. I mean, one. this is also why when we cre- character create, we choose level three. And level three is the is honestly the base game, really. That that right. that's like your core character is level three. Uh, one and two are for the the, the super newbies uh, to, to to get them used to certain things, but really, you're talking level three is where is where you should sit. 
Uh, moving down through the Bard, though, its next thing it gets at level 4 is, is a well-needed thing for the Bard. It's boring to see, but you need this. It's the ability score improvements. You, right. you just need to pump as much pluses as you can, because, again, the Bard has a lot of focus on his skills. Well, the skill columns coincide with all the plus columns of all the ability scores, so the higher those scores are, the higher the skills. You know, it's just like right. you need the highest you can get in every ability score. The perfect bard would obviously have a twenty in all categories, but you're you're yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. get that high. But yeah. <laughs> and the the man, there's just not too many bard specific feats that are very interesting. yeah. And that's another thing, right? A lot of the feats are more folk combat focused, and uh, yeah, bard is not good at that. And and yeah. it's not going to be throwing his his weight around. He's better at the other end of the game, and focus on that because that's going to separate you really well. That's going to make you actually worth it in the group. I know combat will be tough. Uh, believe me, I went through it for a whole campaign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it just, it, it's it's really fun, and, and you need to do this in Billy Scorcher. Uh, level five, you're getting the font of inspiration. This is what I was definitely alluding right. to, because I was like, I, well, I recharge my inspiration. Yeah, short wait a second. I, I was like, I'm so confused. I didn't know it said this. Have I been doing bard wrong this whole time? No. After level nope. five, I was able to regain all my bardic inspirations after a short rest. That is why. So at level five, all of a sudden you get that. Feels a lot better, for sure. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like you always have them now, and that and that's a that's a big deal. So yeah, definitely you can just and the and most of the time, like if you use all your bardic inspirations in one fight, you're pretty likely to try to take at least a short rest. Yeah. After that. Uh, level six. This is definitely the my least favorite thing in the game. Uh, we did just almost... have a story on when I used it, and that's only because you let me use it. This is counter charm. It sounds super useful when you hear it, right? <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, these five things have to be happening simultaneously. Uh, for so <laughs> so the way, and I'm so mad about this thing because it, what it should be is it should be. The spell counter spell, but only for charms specifically. Yeah, like a D spell charm. Yeah, and that's what it should be. But somehow that's not what it is. Here's what it is: as an action, which is infinitely worse than a reaction or a bonus action in D and D. As an action, you can start a performance that lasts till the end of your next turn. During that time and that time alone. You and any friendly creatures within 30 feet of you only have advantage on saving throws against being frightened or charmed. And they have to be able to hear you to be able to gain its benefit. The performance will end if you're incapacitated or silenced in any way. Yeah. What? Basically, like, the encounter that we talked about was... It's the only situation in which, like, your DM has to approve the fact that, like, hey, that guy got charmed. Can I now play a counter charm? Like, because in reality, what this says is that you need to pre-play your music before anybody's going to cast. That never happens. You can never anticipate someone trying to charm someone. That's never going to be a situation that happens. Ever. Especially at the an action level maybe maybe a reaction like quickly right a counter yeah. a counter spells a reaction yeah why is this not a reaction it's it says counter char yeah it it really it just sucks because just Fucking like you said it. you have to know that you're going to be charmed 
and then start playing this counter charm and it doesn't even like guarantee it to you um reading this makes me matter and matter looking i'm like how did they possibly design it like this this makes no sense as a sixth level class ability right yeah and if somebody's already charmed it doesn't remove it doesn't right right (laughs) why doesn't it at least like help them break the charm yeah i would i would have been fine with that if someone's charmed you can cast a spell called counter charm on your turn which then removes yeah, the charm. You, Why not? Have them re-roll the saving throw or something. Oh my god, something. Anything but, but yeah. what they have here. This is horrible. I'm so mad. We have to move on because I'm just going to get mad. <laughs> yeah, it, this is, it's so bad. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so move on. Just redesign the bard class if you're going to use counter try. I mean, just, it's because it, otherwise your level six doesn't matter. And And this was something that I was really hurting going through our campaign. We all reached level six and everyone's getting really strong. And here I am with counter charm. You're like, cool. <laughs> specifically makes an encounter that this can be used in. Yeah, right. And not only that, by the, so I multi-class. So I didn't get this until level nine. So it was like, great. Woohoo. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's getting these like super level, level spells. Spell. Yeah. And I'm like, I can, counter charm now hey it, let me know before you get charmed i, I got something for that and make sure my turn goes before yours and oh then, yeah and then because we'll that be right. that also will work. <laughs> oh my god fucking horrible uh level 10 you're gonna get magical secrets this does this is sweet uh you'll get two spells from any class including this one, yeah. whatever you want just grab two spells it has to be out of a level you can cast at 10th level what uh Fifth what levels. can you get Fifth level spells, okay. That, those are good spells, so you can get up to fifth level spells, too, from any class. Uh, most likely, you'll be choosing the wizard. Again, they have yeah, the, wizard the biggest breadth of spells. Um, hell, I got a wizard spell really early on in the campaign, and I used that more than all my bard spells combined. So like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got levitate, and I was just, I just levitating like crazy. Um, I, I, I forgot I gave you that spell. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, I used it so much. I could I literally use levitate more than any other. Every spell. time I was like, I got him. And then he's like, I'm just gonna levitate. <laughs> I'm just gonna levitate. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. It worked it worked all the time, right? Like I escaped fights with levitate. I escaped gravity with levitate. I've done everything with levitate. I've I've mm-hmm. gotten over cliffs with levitate. I've done everything with levitate. In the fi- even in the final fight, right? You should yeah, levitate. I, I use levitate because he, uh, he reverse gravity. Right, reverse gravity, and then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to levitate now. And he tried to re-reverse the gravity to smash us all to the ground. And I was like, dude, I'm floating. I don't know. I'm, I'm levitating, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm levitating. It worked great. Uh, and then le- 20th level, here's the, the super strong. Here it's we go. Be good, right? 20th level, uh, you know, they get wish and stuff at this level. So here we go. When you roll initiative, if you have no bardic inspiration left, you get one use. You should be fine, then. I mean, you're good. You're going into a level 20 encounter. <sighs> this, when you look at this, I, I mean, you have to say, like, the bard is ripe for multi-classing. You, I almost yeah. think you have to multi-class with the bard if you want to do anything with the bard. Now, that level 10 is pretty sweet, and the higher you get in bard levels, the higher spell casts you get. There's a thing, though, with bard. I, uh... A lot of times you're going to spend your spells on certain concentration spells. So you'll find that you really don't need high level spells as the bard. Now, obviously, the high level spells are going to have a higher effect. 
But as long as you get in the range of like, okay, I can use those spells at least once, see if they work out. And if not, I'll just go back to my level one spells and hit them and just do my thing and maintain them for the rest of the fight and, and actually help the party out. Yeah, That's the, at least how the, I've played the bard. I think if you had cast some of the... If, since you didn't... Or since you multiclassed, you didn't get to cast, like, Dominate Person or, right. like, you know, like, Mask Your Wounds or, or Eye Bite at 6th level. So... Like, yeah, I, I but get, you're, I get you're what not you're, saying. you're not necessarily eye biting. You know, I, I feel like that's is eye bite. That's a powerful six, one, or is that just a six blind level. one? Six uh, level, but is that a damage spell? I feel like that's a damage. No, spell. it's uh, it's like a condition spell. So the the okay. most powerful thing you can do is just make somebody go unconscious. Right. So I mean, let's just generally overall, we should mention the bard is the support class. Your your point is to just control the battlefield. The way I typically always did it is I had the, the hypnotic pattern at like third level or second level, I think it was. I think it was third level. And it basically takes out a whole bunch of people from the fight, which is pretty sweet. And it, I mean, it, it incapacitates like a whole half the battlefields. And it's a sweet spell. And that was like kind of the most impactful thing I've ever done. Yeah, hy- hypnotic pattern is one of those spells that punches above its, its spell level. Because right. a lot of times and- you're just like, I want to incapacitate like four people it's like okay well you can throw it in a group of six of them and most of them are going to say but you're still incapacitating several people which is something like a lot of times polymorph when it's offensively it's just used to take one person out of the fight well like hypnotic pattern basically does that yeah i mean let's let we'll let's dive into my character and the subclass i use specifically because we're going to dive into subclasses now so i was working from only the player's handbook there's only two to choose from now looking at it, I probably should have chosen the other one, but I chose Valor from the player's handbook. Uh, and the, the Valor is kind of the more combat-focused one. What you get is at third level, all of a sudden, now you can use shields, medium armor, and martial weapons. Uh, right. I immediately took advantage of that by using a shield. I boosted my AC like crazy. Um, kind of, like I like really focused. Yeah, I really focused on boosting my AC. I had the lowest health pool of anyone in our party. Uh, So I combated that by having the highest AC, uh, making sure I didn't get hit. If I did get hit, I was pretty much assured to go down. So I just didn't (laughs) want to get hit. So So, I tried to boost my AC really high, yeah, and use a shield to get third level. You also, it also makes your Bardic Inspiration way, way better, I found, which is why I went with the Valor. So you get combat inspiration at third level as soon as you choose the College of Valor. It's going to allow you to use that Bardic Inspiration roll now to add to weapon damage and also to use it as AC against an attack, which definitely is by far what was used the most because it could prevent an entire hit now from any monster. And that was used by far the most. And so... I, I kind of want to point something out here um, because this doesn't really make much sense the way it's written because it <laughs> says after seeing the roll, but before knowing whether it hits or misses um, <laughs> you, but you know, your AC. So <laughs> yes, you know, your AC. so you I don't exactly know how we know. Right. Right. And you see the roll. So you, 
are going to know whether you know it hits or misses. Hit. Now, you yeah. could this could be interpreted. So you could be playing with the DM who's saying like, "I I rolled a natural." Well, okay, but you don't. Seven, but you here's don't what know you don't the, know: the ability, the bonus, the bonus modifier. Yeah, yeah, you don't know the bonus. You know the roll. You don't know its modifier. But usually, after the very first roll, you could probably you probably know the modifier. So. Yeah, <laughs> and and like. I, I'm never, I'm never gonna slow down campaign long enough to be like, oh, I rolled a natural. Yeah, 14. right. right Do you right, want right. to roll? I'm you just generally say, like, say the number that it's a, gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Does a twenty-one does hit? A, does a twenty-one hit? Yeah, and you yeah. just like, uh, well, With let me find hit. out. I will use my arc inspiration first. And and this is where it kind of mitigates a lot of what we said because you know if it's gonna work, how how well it's gonna work because you know right. like. Hey, this character is gonna hit me. I need to buff my AC by three, so right. I'm gonna roll this D6 and hope. And also, it bumping the AC by by three could mitigate like thirty damage from like a big yeah, boss right. strike or right. something. So this this is uh, this kind of goes into what we're gonna kind of point out a lot of times with these subclasses is like what else does your bardic inspiration do with these subclasses? Yeah, but and this one was one of the best to me, at least. If you if you are looking to make your bardic inspirations actually feel impactful, this is a great way to do it. Is the College of Valor? Yeah, if you have um, a lot of um, a lot of melee characters too. Yeah, yeah, if, if it, it's really nice to have sixth level, you just get an extra attack, trying to put you on par with uh, some of the other classes that get extra attacks way earlier than this. So you're a little late to the game, but at least you get the extra attack. Now you right. do not do a lot of damage with your attacks. You don't get any kind of bonus modifiers to any of your attacks. You don't get any special abilities that trigger off of your attack. You don't get any of that. You just get like an extra eight damage generally. Like it's really low. It's not a lot. And that's if you hit with both of your attacks. So yeah. you do find that it feel it doesn't feel great to have yeah, this. It's hard to, I think it's hard to balance like, okay, so if I'm going to be attacking, well, I need my charisma to be high sort of for, yeah. to make sure my spells and bark inspirations are high. I also need high constitution so I don't die, but now I also need like high dex or dex, strength, yeah, depending you on which use weapon. Dex because you want higher AC, and then you also get to you know shoot shoot from afar. You use the dex, right? So yeah. it's like so now you need now you need three high numbers. So it's like usually it's the dex that's what I said. That, that's the one thing with the bard though, right? They are a attribute whore. I mean, they need like I said, they need twenty in every column. They're looking, they want their skills to be high modifiers. They want attacks to be high. They want everything to be high modifier. They scale off their modifiers. Right. Uh, lastly, 14th level in College of Valor, you get Battle Magic. Pretty sweet if you get there. You, you can now, whenever you cast a Bard spell as your action, you can make a weapon attack as a bonus action, which is which pretty, is pretty nice. You get to attack at the same turn. Now, again, your attacks don't do that much. Again, this this all screams to me though, especially when you look at this college. Like you should be uh, multi-classing into a actual martial class to help you out do that damage. Yeah, you can just do like level three bard and then go into another martial class. Right, right. Yeah, choose valor and like make your inspiration worth it. If you have like a nice high charisma modifier. And then go into a martial class and do all that. And then, bam, you're pumping out inspiration left and right. You have some useful concentration spells at level three bard uh, that mm -hmm. we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, so, yeah, it's totally worthy of doing that. 
And, and you get expertise at level three. So you you're going to be hot. Yeah. I mean, Bard's perfectly fine to be a level three multiclassed into. Mm-hmm. Right. You have yeah. Jack of all trades. So you have like, yeah, double. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, Bye. you immediately have all these, all the skills you want. And like, here's a good way to make your inspirations worth it. Good. And, all right. And honestly, all quits there. if you have like a plus two charisma, so you only have two Bard inspirations, that's going to be fine. If like Bard is your, your lesser class. Right. I mean, I think you'll feel good there than anything else, honestly. And the, right. and even pairing Bard with a uh, a Spellcaster class is fine. Again, this is like, the Bard class really is like adding to, not the combat so much, but super adding to the roleplay side every, every and giving yeah. all your roles to be awesome. So it's a great multi-class in that way. Because, just because, it, uh, I just want to point something out too about the inspiration it's a, it's also on ability checks, so right. you like a lot of times. I know usually right. if you think about it, just it says it uses a bonus action, everything, but you can use this when it's like, oh, someone needs to make a really good stealth check. I know, like saying something, it kind of defeats the purpose of being stealthy, but like you could just give them the inspiration, and then they can use it on their stealth check, right? And, and which is funny, and now going over this, like it really does seem like they intended on this base game for people to only use level three bard and, and just go into something like ignore the rest of bard class. It's pretty bad, but level three is fine and use it with any class and it's good. And let's go into the next other subclass, which I think you'd, if you're going for the angle we're talking about, if you're really looking for adding to your skills, well, let's talk about the college of lore. This is the other choice. And now looking back, and feeling how kind of useless I was in combat, I probably should have just gone with this guy. At level three, you're going to choose, you get bonus proficiencies in the College of Lore. You're going to choose three skills to get proficiency in. Three additional skills. <laughs> you're just like... You're proficient in like what? half the sheet at this point. More <laughs> than half proficient the now. Yeah. It's and odd. then you're also going to get cutting words, which sounds awesome. It allows you to distract, confuse, and sack the, sap the confidence. You basically get to insult others. This is how I wanted to use Vicious Mockery on every right, turn. Right, yeah. I should have just been College of Lore. Uh, whenever a creature within 60 feet of you makes an attack roll, an ability check, or a damage roll, you can use your reaction and use one of your Bardic Inspiration dies and subtract the number from that creature's roll. So kind of like the opposite, but a more proactive way to use it now, it uses up your reaction, but guess what? The bar does not have many reactions. Yeah, unless any. yeah, unless they take, like, does bar get counterspell? Uh, uh, no, but you could get you it. You can't? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it doesn't have counterspell natively, but, you know, with the magical secrets at high level. With the magical secrets, you can get there. Um, which, also, the College of Lore gives you additional magical secrets at level 6 instead of level 10. Which you oh, also get yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. get it at level ten, and in College of Lore, you'll also get it at level six. This this class, it feels like the wizard almost because like yeah, the, the this is a wizard are pretty. Or the this the spells you get, they're like they're very good spells. I'm right. loving all the spells in the bird spell spell list. But yeah, you just like get a whole bunch of spells. You have like, these sweet abilities, and you can just like. Oh, I always have a plus five to ten on all my ability checks now. Right. 
it's definitely more open. I think as a base game, I think I was wrong to think that Valor was the way to go. I think lore is the way to go in the base game. I I agree. I yeah. think so too. I, I, Be- I think this is the way to go. And also, like the the strongest uh, use of bark inspiration that we found in the Valor of increasing the AC for one attack, you kind of get that with cutting words. You, you get the yeah, right. You get the exact same thing with cutting words, yeah, right? So, what are you that. really getting from College of Valor? Meanwhile, right. you get three additional <laughs> skills. Yeah, additional. I guess if you really want to use shields at level three, and you're not, and you're not using a martial class, then you get a shield. Um, right. There's that. Yeah. I guess the way the way the you did it, where you just like I'm yeah. Just the way I did it, I wanted part. the shields. Yeah, I wanted the shields. It was very important for me to have a shield. And I don't know, do fighters get shields? I bet they do. They're yeah, usually yeah. proficient in everything. Yeah. So I went into a fighter, so I would have gotten the shield anyway. But um, and then the last at 14th level for the College of Lore, you get the peerless skill. This allows you to use your bardic inspiration on an ability check, but only for you, and you get and you. You don't have to like pre-do it. You just get to expend a charge. Eh. Yeah, he's yeah, normally just doing bard things. Yeah, just doing bard things. Normally, you cannot inspire yourself. You don't. You know, you no. never get to inspire yourself. So but in this case, can. now you can inspire yourself. Um, pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Just an added little thing. I don't. I don't know how often that's gonna really matter. It feels pretty bad for a 14th level, but up through that, I think up through sixth level in College of Lore feels awesome. Yeah, like. Hey, just to get those additional two spells from any class, yeah, yeah. Like, like if you don't have a sorcerer or a wizard, you can just get like fireball too, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> at, at level six, for yeah, for sure. Uh, so those are the those are the base game classes. Uh, they get a lot more exciting now, though. Let's go into Xanathar's. Yeah, let's do this it. is this is one of the other ones that I thought like my character, uh, who's a very showy character, might have been. This is the glamour. Ooh. How so glamorous. a glamour bard gets at level three. Uh, well, yeah, at level three, they'll get the mantle of inspiration. And this is a sweet ability. Oh. At, as a bonus action, you can expend one of your uses of bardic inspiration. So a lot of the level threes, as you'll notice, is, is utilizing your bardic inspiration in, a, in another way and, and adding to it. It's almost guaranteed that that's what it's going to do. Uh, so you use a, an inspiration to, and when you do so, creatures who can see and who can hear you within 60 feet of you, uh, you can choose up to a number of creatures equal to your charisma mod. So you really want a high charisma modifier for this guy, because not only do you get more uses of this, but you also get to increase the number of creatures you get to choose with this. Right. Each of them will gain five temporary hit points. So that's pretty. that's pretty sweet. Just like a minor little... Random heal on everyone for nothing. And when they gain those temporary hit points, they can use the reaction to move up to its speed without provoking opportunity attacks. So everyone just gets to, like, move. Yeah, this is this is crazy, I think. This is so cool. This is so so useful for, like, any kind of strategy. This is so sweet, right? To just be like, Mantle Inspiration, everyone... Go and like, just go, like you get five. everyone just like shoves off in different directions. Like <laughs> this is sweet. Yeah, this is sweet. I thought that was such a cool ability. I love oh, that yeah. it just like gives you some temporary hit points. Everyone moves, and I mean that's all it does. But like that's really useful. That can just save like a very squishy character's life. <laughs> just man, there's a 
giant rock elemental about to pound down on a squishy rogue or something. And then, sorry, right, now you get to move. Yeah, and what a use for Bardicans. That feels so much better than a, like a one-off, like, Mabel, who will use it for a save one time later on, maybe. It might work out, it might help, it might not. Mm-hmm. This feels so much better to use it, bam, everyone gets hit points, bam, everyone can move. Like, look what, like, you yeah. just did stuff, yeah. Even if you don't I, need to move, that. you still get 5 temp HP, and the, uh, the amount of HP gets a little bigger at... At higher levels, yeah, it increases, but not by much. It by the same amount that like typical <laughs> the D yeah. goes from a five to an eight to a t- eleven to a fourteen. It's like not a lot. Yeah. Those numbers are random. I feel like <laughs> they are very random. Yeah, yeah. I think right, they could have get... like made it scale with different things. Uh, you also get the enthralling performance, which is the reason I think Swifty would have really loved it, right? Because this is his whole deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can charge your performance with a seductive fey magic uh, if you perform for at least a minute. So you can't really use this in combat. Is kind of what that means. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. this is like uh, yeah, this is not a combat. The first one's your combat ability. This is like you're role playing now. You can ins- in- attempt to inspire wonder in your audience by singing, reciting a poem, or dancing. At the end of your performance, you choose a number of humanoids within sixty feet, equal to your charisma mod. They all have to succeed on a wisdom throw or they'll be charmed and they'll idolize you and like everything. Like, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's they, like a super charm. Yeah. 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 It's like a super charm. It's a different kind of charming effect. Um, also, uh, if they succeed, they don't have a hint that they, that you tried to charm it. They just think, Oh, that was a normal performance. You know, that it's just like the fact that if people like fail, like they really got into the performance. Yeah, yeah, they they love. You're like this guy. I, they they will walk up to you and buy your CD. Yeah, which is kind of how Swifty does anyway. Like he chose performance as one of his expertise things, so he's got right. like a plus eleven in performance. So like you could you can go about this a whole different way. It's just the fact that this class like gives it to you is like you don't even have to put it into performance. You could just ignore the whole performance role just by saying like, no, I'm going to give you an enthralling performance. Like every time you're doing a performance, you know. Yeah, it is it is interesting to think about what like what what in-game use do you think? Like wh- what are you doing when you're trying when you're like, "Ooh, I'm going to use my enthralling perform- are you trying to like incite not like a mob <laughs> or something, but I don't I mean, you can use it says like you don't have to be playing music or anything. You can have a convincing speech to like if you're standing in from front of a king and you're asking for more money you can like give him a speech and say i'm doing an enthralling performance and it's like what can you say like okay yeah he's so also you can only use this uh every short rest Mm -hmm. um so like you know it's a one-time use and like yeah you could just be like well I'm going to like, it, it's a super perceive, uh, 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 a, a super, persuasion. Uh, yeah, a super persuasion that you, yeah, it's just like, I'm going to use this. Hey, I want to persuade some guy. I'm going to sit there and like try to persuade him by doing a enthralling performance. I think it's just I got think, general uses is like, yeah, I, I think know. I'm a little lower in this ability than you are, but I do think it is hilarious. Like <laughs> it's like, Oh, I'm just going to do a thalley performance at this bar and just everyone, everyone loves you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or, or like yeah, you're just yeah, like yeah. I'm just gonna chat this guy up while like, hey, you want? Did I recite you a poem? And now all of a sudden, this guy just right. like, holy shit! This yeah, guy this guy is, the is man. amazing. 
I think that would be hilarious to role play as a DM. Right. Yeah, maybe you could use it in certain circumstances uh, in busy streets where people are fighting you and you somehow, I don't know how you use it. It takes a minute to like get them on your side. Yeah, to like recruit people. You can maybe use it to recruit people if you anticipate a fight coming up in a minute. Be like enthralling performance and then like, okay, they're going to come with us. And then when they do, we get into a fight and they're like, well, I'm just saving them then. I could see in very low combat campaigns like maybe you're i don't know you're you're in a like debate or something with another npc and yeah you just like you have the benefit of an enthralling performance yeah exactly i don't know yeah there there could be other uses it's a super persuade that's all it is uh sixth level the mantle of majesty this is this is sweet as a bonus action you can cast command without expending a spell slot that's insane. Um, uh, you take on an appearance of an unearthly beauty for one minute or until your concentration ends. So you have to concentrate on the spell when you use this, yeah. basically. it's like it's uh, But command is a strong spell. Uh, during this time, you can cast command as a bonus action on each of your turns without expending it. So you can like keep casting command as a bonus every turn. This actually seems pretty nuts. Uh, command is really strong in combat. You can literally tell people to just like sit down, and they flee, do it, and then they have to spend their turn running away. Flee, yeah, and they have to spend or, their or, turn running back. To running back. Want to come yep. at you. Yeah. Um, so it, it's command is an amazing spell in combat. We've used it to great effect. It's always useful. You can be super creative with stuff like this. Uh, also, it says any creature charmed by you automatically fails at saving throw. I don't know how often they're charmed by you. If you had a minute, you could enthrall your performance. You can enthrall then. first and then Mantle of Majesty. Yeah, here we go. I am. I, I really don't like that it takes your concentration. So, I'm going to be honest. No? I, think I, I mean, as a concentration, it's allowing you to have a bonus action on all of your turns to cast Command. That's yeah. that's pretty strong. It's, it's not the it's worst. It's a good thing. spell. It's, it's not, not the worst. worst. Yeah, that's a strong spell. That means you get to cast a spell and cast command on your turn. That that's insane. Um well, I don't know if you can cast two spells because this just says you you still cast the spell, but it's still without expending a spell slot. It, it does it not because it's saying without expending a spell slot, that doesn't mean you could you get to do that with the spell. Uh, this could be one of those ambiguous rulings that you'll ask your DM about. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. I assumed it kind of meant, like, no matter what you choose to do, it's saying, as a bonus action, you get to do command. Yeah. Which I, I assumed I think, that that's how it was. Like, you I either think, cast a spell you, or you attack, but also as a bonus action, this is allowing you to cast command. I think if... I, I wouldn't fight you too hard on, on if you wanted to interpret it that way. Right. I mean, also, we're talking like you can't even cast a concentration spell because you're concentrating on this anyway. So, like, right, what yeah, spells yeah. are you really doing? Exactly. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll cast a heal spell and I also want to command. I would be like, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. Like, that doesn't <laughs> seem insane. Do it. Uh, lastly, you get Unbreakable Majesty at 14th level. It's going to make you look more lovely and fierce. Perfect. <laughs> uh, in addition, as a bonus action, you can assume a magical uh, presence for a minute until you're incapacitated. For the duration, whenever a creature tries to attack you for the first time on a turn, they must make a charisma saving throw against your spell save. 
on a failed save, it can't attack you this turn. And it must choose a new target for its attack or the attack is wasted. On a successful save, uh, it can attack you on the turn. But it has disadvantage on any saving throw it makes against your spells on your next turn. This is so I love good. that. Oh, yeah, I love that. It even you... gives you like, okay, it didn't work the first time. But now you get to like mess this thing up. This is you. Sometimes you'd almost want him to hit after, because <laughs> just to be like, okay, well now you have disadvantage on well, my you have dominate, disadvantage. dominate yeah, person, right? On like, yeah, on my dominate, and you're you're screwed now. This is insane. Yeah, just like bonus action. Now for this fight, you're not gonna hit me. You're just not. And you could use it every short rest. Yeah. For some reason, that the last one we were mentioning, the mantle of majesty, that one can only happen every long rest. Yeah, that seems strange, because I would just assume that this is, like, an upgraded version of that. Like, thematically, I feel like it should be. But, right. yeah, they're right. two yeah, different mantles. Right, utilizing that first mantle and just saying, in addition to that, you get this. Yeah. But this is a different mantle. <laughs> yeah, it's a different mantle. It doesn't It doesn't seem like it takes concentration. Unless, so, it, uh, unless it is just your... Your appearance per- at 14th level, your appearance permanently gains an otherworldly aspect, making your making you look more lovely. And oh, yeah. In addition, yeah. So as a bonus action, as you a bonus use action, this. Yeah, okay. You can have another mantle, but you just automatically become like way better looking. At level 14. <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> you like, are now super gorgeous. You're hot now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was like that SpongeBob episode. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Um, moving down the Xanathar's list. So this is what they went for. Have we I been assume. grading these? I don't think we have been grading these. Oh, my God. You're so right. Okay, let's go back because we only have three. We only got through three. So Valor. Yeah. Uh, a, a C. That's like super average. Valor. Yeah. I, it C, might even be C minus. Might even be D. Let's go D. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go D with Valor. D. Okay, we'll go D. Yeah, D. It's just it's just, it's just just meaningless. I, yeah. I like literally a meaningless college. Uh, lore. I'll go B with lore. Okay. Super solid yeah. choice. I think. Yeah, I. Not I, an A. It's not unreal. No, 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 it's no, no, not no. like not, not, <laughs> not breaking. The I, I was thinking about going C, mostly with because lore. It, I think it's a B. I think it's solid. So I, I, I'm okay with pumping up mine to a B just because I love all the proficiency stuff. But right, I mean, it literally opens where, you up to a lot of stuff. Yeah, it does open you up to a lot of stuff. I was in the biggest thing we were talking about with lore, and all the other ones were like how like oh you don't need to be a full bar to, to utilize. Alright, well, here's what I'll go with. I'll go B up to level 6 in lore, and then past level 6, I'll say... Okay. C+. Plus. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, yeah. Just slightly hey, drops. You know, I'll, I'll, but I, I love it a lot, so I'll just bump it up to a B. I'll agree with you. So B, yeah. We can even even up at it B-. And then Glamour. What do you give Glamour? I don't know. Glamour? B-? minus. I think it's fine. I, I think, think it's, it's got some B. super useful abilities early on, and then... And then later on, it's like, it's like, again, it's like the mid-level bard seems like such an awkward phase where like you don't gain anything super impactful. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Just the... like, and, and your, your stuff scales really poorly at a lot of levels in the mid tiers. Yeah. I, the, I really like, just like you said, I really like the beginning. I'm, so I'm going to go B because I think the first two abilities, I mean, the first ability, the, the mantle of inspiration, super good. And the right. late level stuff, I think, is amazing. Um, the Mantle of Majesty, like, you run into a lot of the same problems you do with casters, which is just like, 
a lot. Similarly, all your spells seem like they have concentration on them. So you have to continuously decide, like, uh, I at the fight, I hit my mantle of majesty. I commanded twice, but, like, all of a sudden, now I need to do this other spell that's concentration. Because, right, right, right. I don't know, the bad guy's getting away, and I need to polymorph him or something. Or, I don't know. But uh, I don't even know if bards have the polymorph spell. But, you know, you need to do something else. And you're just like, ah, they fine, do. I'll drop my... They have polymorph. I'll they drop my mantle of majesty so I can do the, or do this hold person spell. And you're just like, okay, well, now I lost my mantle of majesty after two years. Yeah, but you could command something. And Why would you want to hold person when you can command them to do something? But that means also means you can't use your bardic inspiration because you're using bonus action to command. Right. You know what I found though is that you, man, you crap out your bonus actions so fast, and then your inspiration's gone. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And don't that, you that use? Be... Don't you use a? a do you not use an exp, uh, inspiration to turn into that form? Uh, no, no, not for that one. Okay. Oh, it's the the first one, the mantle of inspiration. Mantle yeah, inspiration. You use you use. Yeah, and honestly, using this bard, remember, you're using your inspiration to do that screw the inspiration in general you're gonna like give everyone a temporary bonus and make a move that's well, like your right. first move right but th- i'm saying like you can't use ma- the your bonus action to give people temporary hit points and use command in the same turn yeah well yeah it, that, this is the thing with the bard class though it never all happens at once <laughs> and, and it's not you have to choose your turns very specifically and it's not like any of these decisions are bad. <laughs> so, right, yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I like want to be clear. The bard is definitely like, you. if you could do everything the bard could do on all your turns, you would be so overpowered because the bard really can do everything. Yeah, it can do a lot of stuff. It can do so many things in a fight, but you have to choose the one thing you want to do. Like, there's a reason they limited you to one action a turn and one bonus action a turn. Mm-hmm. And it's so a class like the bard can't just be like, all right, well, that thing's in, like, I'm going to heal that guy. That thing's going to be incapacitated. I'm going to damage that guy, and I'm going to run away and then heal everyone up and then do that. Like, you could do way too much on the bard if you were allowed to do more actions. But, uh, all right, now, do you want to talk about the next one? Yeah, the next one's funny because this is kind of like what I multiclassed into bard fighter. This is what they made. They called it the College of Swords. Yeah, they're they're just like hmm, it's literally a bard fighter. <laughs> sucks. So we're just gonna make a, a right. They one. tried to make a better valor. Exactly. Uh, here's what they came up with, and basically what it means is that okay, now you don't have the multi class in the fighter. You get a fighting style right at level three, and they if they sound familiar, it's because they are dueling and two weapon fighting, both straight out of the fighter class. Uh, dueling is if you're wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons, you get a plus two to damage rolls. Two-weapon fighting is obviously if you're holding two weapons, like one in each hand, you can add your ability modifier to the damage of the second attack. So with two-weapon fighting, you're allowed to slash and slash again. You get to swing twice with both your weapons each turn. So it gives you more damage in in both hands. Um, You also get the Blade Flourish at level 3. So this is how it alters your inspiration. Now it's more focused on using it on you. Whenever you take the attack action on your turn, uh, your walking speed increases by 10 feet randomly. So now you have 10 more feet of movement, I guess. Which, which I just want to pause for a second. I know it's just called walking speed, 
but I just love the idea of you're in the combat. You're just like <laughs> you're just focus in, and now you're just like, <laughs> don't run. If you run, you can only do 30 feet, but if you walk, you can run 40 feet. So they're just like speed walking up. Just somebody walking up. <laughs> like, oh, was that running? All right, you lose I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to stab you. Here I'm going to stab buddy. you. Here we go. I'm going to stab you. Here we go. Ooh, <laughs> one foot on the ground all time. <laughs> oh, man. So you can only use one blade flourish option per turn. So it's just like any of the martial class. You literally became a martial class now with like this flourish. Yeah. You get you have a defensive flourish, a slashing flourish, or a mobile flourish. Your defensive is that you get to use inspiration die. You'll add extra damage to the hit, uh, and then you also add the number to your AC until the start of your next turn. So that's pretty sweet. Your slashing one is that. Uh, You'll you could damage any other creature within five feet of you as well, so it can damage two creatures. That's pretty sweet. Um, and then the mobile flourish is that uh, you deal extra damage to the target you hit. So each time it's always extra damage to the target you hit, which is funny because I literally did the same thing with the fighter class. I took one of the abilities that said like you can add damage to, yeah, <laughs> to like their, yeah. their swings. I literally did this. So this is what I did with my class. Yeah. A lot um, of the maneuvers are. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. I used the maneuvers. All right. It was the, it was the fighter class that had maneuvers Bail and I master. did this with the class. Uh, but this is just for you. I used it on others. Uh, the mobile flourish. Again, you can uh, push the target five feet away from you. Uh, plus the number of feet equal to the number he rolled. It's like a random amount. And then, yeah, and then you can use like... a reaction to move your walking speed away. I guess it's just trying to be like, so they don't get, it doesn't state that they can't, they don't get an opportunity attack, but it's saying they won't get an opportunity attack because they've moved far enough away from you. Yeah. And, and when you involuntarily move um, somebody, then you, that does involuntary movement doesn't trigger opportunity attacks. Right. Um, but yeah, I just think it's kind of funny. Like, and plus the number of feet, so it's like, ooh, it's not yeah. five feet away; it's six oh, feet away. Random, yeah. because it's like, hey, that's like a have... super max thing. You could send someone seventeen feet away from you. I know, but <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, how many times is this going to be like? Oh, sorry, is he five feet away from me? Nope, sorry, he's six feet away from him. You can't hit him. He's six feet away. You can't hit him. But it's like, okay, I walk one foot. They're like, okay, now, now everything's fine. It's like, I would, I would love for that, things. like one moment though, like I just mentioned, where like it, you roll the seventeen feet and that like legitimately sends them <laughs> off a cliff. Yeah, like, like that would be like using your mobile flourish to send someone off a cliff yeah. would be hilarious. But the cool thing is, you can then use your reaction to move up your. You can move your walking speed. Uh, within five feet of the target. But it doesn't say, like, right in front of the target. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you could just, like, push him away, and then be like, now I want to appear behind him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You uh, can just do some, I don't know. It's not, like, yeah. that crazy, but... No, me, it's not I, that good. In my it's head, just, I'm just like, oh. It's just weird. And then uh, sixth level, you'll get the extra attack. And then 14th level, you get the master's flourish, is whenever you use any of your blade flourish. You can use a D6 instead of expending a Bardic Inspiration die. So now you don't use them anymore. You at least get big. a D6. That That is big because now you can use it like every turn yeah. where otherwise you would only be able to use it up to your mod, which 
if you're this focused on fighting at this point, your charisma mod's probably not going to be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I assume you didn't focus on it. Though, remember, you're still a spellcaster spell class in this, yeah, in this scenario. So, again, I, looking at my character, I probably would have been better off choosing a class like this. Because it just kind of did everything I did, and I, so. but I would also be able to cast higher level spells. Yeah. So I probably would be better off with a choice like this. Yeah, this, this class is weird to me because it's when so I weird. read, but I I understand it because this is exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> like looking exactly. at this class, I'm like, that's what I I did. This. This is everything you want it to be. Like, I when I read this class, I love it. <laughs> when you but, read the class, yeah. But if you were like, "Hey, I want to be a a combat person," you do this, and then you look at the battle master maneuvers. You're just like, "Oh, these are the battle master maneuvers are way better." Um, right, which is what the route I went. Which is yeah. always the thing, right? You could do any of the other classes or any of the other colleges and do what I did and multi class into fighter and get to the ba- level three battle master. And you kind of get this class, and maybe even better, or at least you get to use it in more scenarios, right? So I was able to use, yeah, I used like my maneuvering attack, which is the same thing as this flourish, but I used a different set of dice. I got to use my superiority dice, so I didn't get, I didn't have to use up my inspiration dice. So it's almost preferable because you get to save your inspiration dice for other things. Yeah, and you got to pick from different things, like the commander strike is huge because yes that was enormous because i don't do a lot of damage but that other guy does a ton of damage when but he hits. that but that paladin with that level four divine right and we're, open, yeah, and we're fighting yeah and we're fighting against undead, undead right now like, we're just gonna spam I'm this gonna have the paladin hit him like yeah. i don't want to hit him but my paladin can hit him exactly yeah so it's it's more useful so what do you give the swords i mean i would give them just a c i see mine yeah like the base level bar, they're fine. fine. They're like is, okay, yeah. yeah. They're they're fine. I don't know. Yeah. They're there. You I can think play a C, it if you want to. He's perfect. You know, when I look at the class, though, you know, I look at it and say, like, why would you want to do this over? There are over. so many classes in D anD D, especially yeah. at, at this point. You're you clearly own Xanathars, right? Like, yeah. why would you want to go this? You can do yeah. a lot of cool stuff. Like if, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you really, yeah, if you really wanted to be do all this crazy fighting stuff, then just be a battle master fighter. I feel like, yeah, do but, that or do a rogue. You do, and do get some access cool to shit. spell, yeah, rogue stuff. I don't know. It it's hard to balance the uh, like the spell line with, with the, the right, yeah. right. Though there's some cool wizard classes that we went over too. Remember, yeah. there's a lot of really cool stuff. It's a, I think this is kind of the thing, and. Maybe uh, maybe I'm tipping my hand too much about what what uh, kind of bard I made, but like after <laughs> playing the game for a while, I'd be like, "This is cool. I'm just gonna do this." Like, right, right, this right. This isn't right. my first, uh, character and that's or fine. Yeah, yeah, and that's always acceptable. Yeah, I mean, there there are some fun things you could do with this bard. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a different playstyle. It is. Yeah. Uh, which, but I honestly, I did it in a different way. Right, you can do multi class and get this. And get I wish this bard. I wish it would do something like. Um, I like the. I forget if the hexblade does this, but I wish this said like instead of using dexterity, you use your charisma 
for the damage as, as damage. I agree. That would make this class a lot better. I whole I and definitely agree. If you came up to me and asked me to do that, I probably would be okay with it as a DM. Mm-hmm. Just be like, yeah, okay. It'll make yeah, everything a little more. It's gonna make your life feel better. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's just making yourself a little more useful. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. All right, moving on. Uh, yeah, so we gave it a grade. I gave C minus. What'd you give it? I have like a C, C minus. C, yeah, okay. Next one's the College of Whispers. Sounds Whispers. cool. Let's see what it does. Gives you Psychic Blades at level three. Uh, it'll make your weapon attacks toxic to a creature's mind. When you hit with a weapon attack, you can use an inspiration die to now deal an additional 2d6 psychic damage. You can only do so once per round on your turn. The psychic damage will increase. Uh, actually, scales pretty well on this one. Right, it goes to yeah. like three d six, then five d six, then eight d six. So it actually scales rather well. Casting fireball for every <laughs> yeah for <laughs> every an attack for every attack. So yeah, yeah. pretty sweet. And it doesn't uh, say like, um, melee weapon attack, so you can use this on. So a, yeah, you can just hit him with a bow shot and bam, psychic blade him. Yeah. Pretty sweet there. You also get the words of terror. Uh, you're it. You can infuse innocent seeming words. So you can be like, You're amazing. <laughs> huh. But in, but for some reason it inspires bad. This bad <laughs> is freaking me out. I know I'm not amazing, but why is he saying that? That is hilarious. Uh, if you speak to a humanoid alone for at least one minute, you can attempt to see paranoia and fear into its mind. At the end of the conversation, they must succeed on a wisdom save. Or be frightened of you, or a creature of your choice, or a creature of your choice. That's, That's interesting. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Like you can you're, make it's like afraid of your friend. You're like the wor- the worst hype man ever. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of hype man. Yeah. Uh, they're frightened in this way for an hour, uh, or until one of it witnesses its allies being attacked or damaged. So again, it's weird that they they state this one minute thing. So like clearly making it not yeah. useful for combat anymore. And yet, like, why would you care then if it's attacked or damaged? Like, yeah. uh, and then uh, if it succeeds on the saving throw, though, it has no hint that you tried to frighten it. So it's the opposite of the first one where it, it was on the charming end. Now you're trying to make things afraid of you. So, but this seems to be like way less useful than the charming version, right? Yeah, yeah, because you you are no longer in control of their actions because as right. they're charming, you can ask the DM to be like. Hey, or through role playing, like NPC, wouldn't it be great if you came over here and just stood outside this casino for a while and at, and created a distraction? And they'd be like, "Hell yeah, that's awesome!" But if they're frightened of you, you don't know what, you don't know what they're gonna do. Like maybe um, you're doing this to be a torturer for a scene. Like be like, I I can get a guy. You're you're the opposite of persuading, right? You're intimidating. You're, yeah, this is the super intimidation. This, this is like I'm the good cop and I'm hyping up the bad cop who's gonna come in. I right. think this is hilarious, but I totally agree. This with is you hilarious, <laughs> but I don't know how useful it is. Uh, but it'd I be love, fun to find some uses for it. I love it specifically says infuse innocent seeming words. Innocent seeming words. You're just talking yeah, about like, best. hey, this, do you got? Did you see the uh, the sale on bananas this guy has? Like, <laughs> oh my god! And then this guy, the way it's worded, he's just like, yeah, I'm totally engaged in this conversation. You end the end the conversation. He's like. Oh no, now I'm terrified. <laughs> you know what my favorite scenario is? The banana I, salesman. Oh, I, I was, my God. I, was, so I just came up with another scenario in my head that would be absolutely hilarious. It's almost like the. Uh, uh, 
what's it called? Monty Python skit where you can like make people fear like a, a like a tiny fluffy bunny in the corner. Because yeah. <laughs> you could talk to them and just be like, that bunny is a cold-hearted killer. And they would all of a sudden be it's absolutely so terrified of the bunny for oh some reason. God. Yeah, or another creature. Like especially another creature. At first. Yeah. They I, you could make someone absolutely terrified of the bunny. Yeah. <laughs> this is I don't know how you use that, but you could. I don't know. You could. This that's one of those things that like it's since since it is a little more benign than the charming thing, it has a little less like like weight behind it, so to speak. As a DM, I'm way more accepting of this, than, or like yeah. I'm way more willing to be like, that's okay, cool. yeah, Let's yeah, like yeah. I don't know, like I'm way more like that's awesome. I, yes, he's totally terrified of this of this bunny that's hopping down the street, <laughs> right. All right, the, the Mantle of Whispers is what you'll get at level 6. You can adopt a human's persona. So when a humanoid dies within 30 feet of you, you can capture its shadow using your reaction. Nice. I love when things use your reactions. Not many things do in the game. And when they do, it's a mm-hmm. fun thing to remember to use. Uh, you can retain its shadow until you use it again or finish a long rest. So that's nice. You can use the shadow as an action now. When you do, it vanishes, magically transforming into a disguise that appears on you. You now look like the dead person, but healthy and alive. So you've just taken their form. And the disguise will last for an hour or until you end it as a bonus action. While you're into the disguise, you gain access to all information that the humanoid would freely share with a casual acquaintance. So basically it's just saying like you've taken on the persona entirely. Uh Another creature can see you through this disguise by see, succeeding on an insight check, uh, contested by your deception, which you also have a plus five for in the check. You, yeah, you gain a plus five bonus. So that's an addition, I'm assuming, to every other deception check that you made it way up. Right. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Again, it seems hard to use, right? Yeah, it's like you can... You can easily think of a scenario like, okay, we kill a guard. Now I'm going to take the shadow of the guard and I'm going to walk out of the room and like say like, nope, we're all fine here. We're good. Right. And then we can move on. Yeah. You're like Um, a weird shapeshifter now with this ability. Yeah. Um, Seems cool. Seems hard to use though. Yeah. 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 Uh, All right. Yeah. Moving on to this 14, the shadow lore. Now you can tap into the creature's deepest fears as an action you can whisper a phrase that a creature of your choice within 30 feet of you can hear they have to succeed on a wisdom save uh it automatically succeeds if it doesn't share a language with you or can't hear you so it just obviously it has to hear you on a successful saving throws it doesn't have any effect if it fails at save throws it's charmed by you for eight hours or until your allies attack or damage it so it incapacitates something basically for uh, right. Eight hours, which is a lot. Uh, it interprets the whispers as its most mortifying secrets. So you kind of learn its secrets. And while charmed in this way, it'll obey your command or fear that it will that you're going to reveal its secret. So you kind of learn a secret from it. Well, so and, it specifically says you gain no knowledge of the secret, but the target is convinced you know it. Okay, okay. okay. Which yeah. it's kind of... 
kind of weird incongruent with the previous one where it's used like oh yeah you gain a shadow and you gain like passing knowledge you know like where i live all this other stuff i feel like this one you should be like i know i know some shit about it yeah right yeah uh and it's not gonna risk its life for you or fight for you uh it's just charm so it's basically incapacitated it's, it's your like it's essentially like you now blackmail him yeah blackmail. yeah um, and then you, you can only use it once until a long rest. I don't know. As a level 14 feels less impactful than some of the other ones we read through. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you think about this? I like have a hard time thinking. You know, that this it is, started like, out strong. Good, and now speaking. I'm just like, I'm just like Matt on this whole class. I just feel like, boy, you got to find some weird ways to use this. And, this doesn't uh, feel like a bard to me at all. Does not feel like a bard. That's absolutely true. If you're going to, you're playing more like a warlock or something. Yeah. This yeah. Class. Just like a weird, like spell casting. Rogue. Yeah. You're hoping to do a lot of damage with your attacks, with your psychic blade. You're trying to like spike them damage. You have some really weird role play with like, you're trying to terrify things to, to make them do bad things for you. Yeah. Just super weird. Uh, if you, if you, I would, recommend asking your dm if you think the college of whispers would be appropriate in this in whatever campaign they're planning because like i could see choosing this and then not using any of of these abilities for like the entire campaign you also (laughs) i will say you also want to play and this is hard to do for a lot of characters you want to be an evil character probably to play this class right i would not say you're going to be like lawful good or even neutral good. No, you're you're dipping into like the neutral evil or chaotic evil. And yeah, exactly. And like the play style, all this suggests that everyone in the party is also on board. So right, not right. Only because you're you literally a torturer. I mean, this is the torturer class. Yeah. So it's cool. Like if we're playing an evil campaign and it's like, oh yeah, it's all about like subterfuge and there's not going to be a whole lot of combat. And the whole party's like a bunch of like rogues and monks and you could play this as a little bit of a support class. Uh, and then you could still like do stuff. But uh, right. but yeah, I don't I think this is like as far as goodness, like a D. Like a D minus. I agree. I, I I think a D. I think there's classes that are going to do a lot more damage than this. I think there's going to be a lot of classes that are simultaneously better at utilizing its abilities to gain information yeah. that you need. So, like, yeah, I, I don't think it succeeds on either end of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a D for me. I'd say stay away from that one, unfortunately, unless you really want to be a torturer for some reason. Yeah. The ne- well, next ones are going into Tasha's, and Tasha's has, I think, two more. Uh, to go through yep so the first one's gonna be the creation bard this one's wild this one is wild this is a different this is an interesting one so they tried to kind of take the bard and say like we are a jack of all trades and let's make it super jack of all trades i guess because it gives you the note of potential so instead of like altering what your inspiration does it just took exactly what it does and enhanced it slightly so now if they use it on an ability check, they basically get advantage on that ability inspiration die roll. They can yeah. <laughs> basically roll twice and use whichever one they want on your inspiration die. On an attack roll, um, it'll add some thunder damage, but only if they fail on a const saving throw. It'll add some thunder damage equal yeah. to... And it's a little bit of an AoE, so if there's a bunch of people within 
five yeah feet. yeah because it, it it yeah casts a five feet though five feet but like high. honestly that's not gonna happen it's gonna happen like a couple times yeah and and it's only adding the damage of the inspiration die which yeah. we know is not a very big die roll so it's it's not a lot of damage true, but yeah. it's just it's adding to it so yeah yeah it's it's hey it's adding, adding a d6 damage yeah, which but I mean, something like College of Valor, you can just you can just you add can do that. Yeah. This one's like, yeah, maybe maybe it has damage. Um, and then on a saving throw, uh, they'll gain temporary hit points equal to your charisma mod, which is usually is not very very big, very big. Plus the number least. of the uh, the die. The die. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so you know yeah could 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 be a decent amount of temporary which hit points. Is I wonder it. Those are just going to be gone, probably, because if it's like I just fireball, know, like I don't rate this that highly points. because I know how much that those things are actually used, and it's not often. <laughs> so, yeah. like adding more to that doesn't seem very. I think you have to change what inspiration does to be useful, and this just doesn't this seem makes useful. it better. But but it, yeah, but something that's already not useful, making something that's not useful better does not make it useful. And, <laughs> and, but let's continue on to the rest of the class because this seem, the what we just read does not fit at all with the rest of what the it rest does. Of class. That's fair. So you're going to get the performance of creation also at level three. You can channel the magic of the song of creation to create one non-magical item of your choice in an unoccupied space in front of you. It must appear on a surface or a liquid that can support it. Uh, says stuff about the GP. We don't care. We don't care. Once you create the item, you can't do so until you finish the long rest. The item you create can be of a one size category until you reach level six, where it can be large and 14th mm-hmm. level. It can be huge. Uh, you can only have one at a time. You can only have one at a time, and it just kind of sits there, right? It's just, yeah. you just make. You get basically you, you can you have like create the, an object. It's kind of like minor conjuration. Yeah, of the and it, it's going to glimmer. Uh, it's obviously magical, so you can't. It's kind, like, it, it, it it makes a faint noise of music. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, been, how is that useful? What what are you doing with that? So there are a whole bunch of random uses for it. Um, but you can't use it for a lot of things you want it to use, like for minor conjuration and for this, like you can just create a dagger. I don't know. There's a lot of like role playing parts of it where you can just be like, ah, now I create something and it's, and it's singing now. So it's like, Uh, you're trying to be green lantern, but you're a very bad green lantern. Yes. You have a very weak willpower because your charisma (laughs) is so high and not high wisdom. (laughs) You are very, you are, you are the Ryan Reynolds of green lanterns. Exactly. (laughs) Poor Ryan Uh, Reynolds. He's a great Deadpool. We all know it. He's a great Deadpool. But not a good good green lantern. Uh, Yeah. I'm just going to skip past it. I don't even know how to rate that one. The animating performance now at level six as an action, you can now target a large or smaller non-magical item within 30 feet of you and animate it. So you basically get an animate items object spell, which is a level like five spell. Um, The animate uh, uses the dancing item stat block, which uses your proficiency bonus as well. It, it, you know, there's a, there's a list of, you know, it's got some good abilities that resist poison, psychic crap like that. Um, it can move long. and use a reaction on its own. The only action it takes on its turn, though, is dodge. 
unless you take a bonus action on your turn to command it to take another action. Yeah, so you have to use your bonus action if you want it to hit stuff. And uh, it does otherwise on its turn it's just gonna dodge. Yeah, so it hits um uh it uses your spell attack modifier to hit, reach five feet, and the hit is a D ten plus your proficiency bonus worth of force damage. Which is a uh, decent amount as far as a bard goes. It's like your you little really uh, one D ten. Yeah. And that's in addition to like you attacking. That's true, yeah. I don't know. And then you can only use it once per day for a long rest. <clears throat> Unless you expend a spell slot of third level or higher. So you can cast you can use yeah, it so once if, a day and then you if can, it dies, you can use a third level spell slot. To, you can just cast another spell to use again if you really want this uh animated Stay. item to do stuff again. Doesn't seem very strong though, and later on it's super weak. It doesn't yeah. get any stronger. It just yeah. stays that level. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. And then Creative Crescendo at level 14, when you use the Performance of Creation feature, you can now create more than one item at once. And so now you can uh, make a number of items equal to your Charisma mod. So up to five, if your Charisma mod's five. Yeah, and at 14 it should be. Um... And you know, uh, only have one the of them, only one of them, though, can be big. The rest of them have to be small or tiny. Yeah, this whole class to me seems like someone has a very clear idea of a character, and this fits right. it. Yeah, uh, like I agree. you want I, to create a perform a college of creation bard, and it's because you have a character in mind that you want to play, not because it's does anything better than any other class. Because again, otherwise, pick a wizard. Pick animating objects. You're doing it. You're doing it, buddy. <laughs> like, you're doing this whole class, and you just picked a single spell. Yeah. Like, this is buoyed only by the fact that the core bard class is so, like, universally, like, the floor is so high on bard. Yeah, but not bard. in combat. Only in Not in combat. Class. And this doesn't do anything in combat. Doesn't do anything at all. It just uh, Except again, for the dancing this, item. But this like, whole class just says you have the spell called animate objects. You have a small friend that dances around <laughs> you, and or, not even not even that good of a version of animate. It's not even like an, a better version of animate objects. It's like yeah. a worse version than animate objects. Yeah, that's that sucks. I'm I'm gonna give it a D. Again, a D. A lot of bards D, man. Like, a lot of bard subs D. Realistically, this is an F, but I think, I think it's <laughs> Yeah, just maybe this is the F. Maybe this is the F. I'll give it an F. I'll like, go F. F, yeah. First F. First F on all our First subclasses, F. I think. Because also, like, if you want to... It's just so strange, because it's like... There, there's just so many other ways to class do this. Too. So yeah, there, right. There's a whole other a, class that animates a bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah, you can just have like, your small middle friend running around. This is not yeah. the way to do it. I don't understand. Yeah, but like... Play a ranger. Play freaking pet class. There's other yeah. pet classes too, man. I don't know. This is not the way to do it. Yeah. This is a it, bad version of everything. This is like you wanted to play like ranger, but you got bullied out of it. <laughs> so so yeah. you kind of choose bard because everyone says like, oh, we need the bard inspiration stuff. But um, so, yeah. Move it. Move it. Um, moving, there's, there's the, there's the F. Last, Boy, are last we one. moving on. <laughs> Here's the last one uh, in Tasha's. This is the College of Eloquence. 
definitely poking into the uh, full-on bard time. You're going to get at level 3 the Silver Tongue. You're the master at saying the right thing at the right time. When you make a Charisma Persuasion or Charisma Deception, you can treat a d20 roll 9 or lower as a 10. Uh, generally, that's going to mean you're talking like you, you pass. You 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 pass every persuasion deception check, right? So because we're talking, you have expertise. You have because you're going to get that in the base class. You're going to choose persuasion. You're going to choose deception. You're going to get a plus eight, which means every ten is at least an eighteen. A yeah, the eighteen is your minimum. <laughs> is now eighteen is now your minimum. It this you're, ability you're, you're, you're is insane. Like it doesn't do anything in combat, but doesn't just do like, anything in combat. But just like whatever, you just have. I'm I'm looking you're, up the clearly. Road. If you chose this, you don't care about combat. You are just choosing the like. I'm going to be the dude that just talks to everyone and just passes every freaking chat. It's so like Rose get this ability called yeah reliable talent which we went over. That's like a level what, fifteen. It's a level eleven ability. Eleven, okay. And this one you get it at level, level three. three. Level three. <laughs> like it's not. The and persuasion thing. and deception is like. A majority of any role play. This is yeah, this is crazy. You just get an, at level three, like at level three. There you go, done. Insane. All right, so you are now you're now. What th- this stands alone, right? To say like multi-class into this. If this is all you're aiming to do, you can go into level three bard and bam, you can pass every persuasion. Yeah. And every deception check you want at le- like just to multi-class into level three bard. That's great. And you also added on three inspiration charges and whatever. You know, like who cares about the rest? You just that's what you did. You yeah. now pass every person. You just got a legendary item that says pass every persuasion, pass every deception. Yeah. Uh, is- the other part you get at level three is the unsettling words. As a bonus action, you can expend one of your inspirations. So this is how it edits its inspiration charges. You can choose a creature within 60 feet of you. And you can subtract the number rolled from the next saving throw it makes before the start of your next turn. So you can, like, reduce its saving throw to be like, I'm going to dominate that. Before I do that, bonus action. Use a bardic inspiration. Subtract its saving throw by five. And now I'm going to dominate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. They just, like, if we ended here with the bar class, <laughs> this would be the Damn. best, most powerful bar class. <laughs> yeah, it's seeming like that for sure at level three. Absolutely. That ability is crazy. Like, it might not seem like it, but, like, saving throws become such a big deal later in the game. They become a big deal. Right. They... That's the thing, is that level three, Silver Tongue is definitely the shining star at level three. Yeah. Unsettling Words is the shining star at level 15 plus. Oh my at god. At the end of the game, that's like, holy crap, you can reduce something saving throw by up to 12. Yeah, the, the yeah exactly. I was just going to mention that, because your Bardic Inspiration die goes up too, so it's like, yeah. your spell save DC is already, like... You you gave me a legendary item in the game that gave me advantage on my spells to like reduce something. Did something similar to this? Yeah, because I was like, that's how powerful I think that is. Because yeah, I mean, you basically like auto succeed on 
dominate. And this this just gives it to you in the class at level three. You gave me a legendary item that I had to use. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. I had a one-time use. This gives you uses you up it. to your inspiration die. Yeah. It's not even a one-time use. It's up to your inspiration die. I know. That's it, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's that's strong. It's super. Uh, level six, it'll give you unfailing inspiration. Uh, when a creature adds one of your inspiration dice to its ability, attack roll, or saving throw, and the roll fails, they can keep their inspiration die. I love that. That feels so good. Now they'll just use it all the time. Because they're like, oh, well. That it feels so work. good. Like, I wish I wish they gave that to you in the base class or like at made, level six. Or made this. Yeah, or like made this like, yeah, the level like, I don't know, 14. Screw counter, screw counter charm. Yeah, yeah. give me this. This, that feels so good because otherwise playing the bard feels bad. It really does. I'm not lying, guys. It feels bad when when you feel useless because you don't do damage in fights. Your spells aren't landing. So what are you doing? What are you adding to the fight? Well, you're inspiring people and they're not even using it. Or it's not like some, yeah. there are fights where I, I legit did nothing. <laughs> yeah, and maybe... Maybe in all the your all campaigns out there, your party does use it all the time. But yeah, sometimes. But there sometimes. are fights where it, it can feel bad. Uh, or they're, or uh, they're the ones that, planning on using it for something later, but then that goes out the window because they get like knocked out or something. Right. It does feel weird with this ability and just how we were talking on how powerful the last one was at level three. It does feel like you're going to be using a lot of your inspiration dies to reduce saving throws. Yeah. And you're not going to be inspiring others at a certain point because you're like, guys, I'm not going to use it on you anymore. I am now using it because we are going to incapacitate that friggin' thing. Yeah. And I, I think how it's going to work out is like Brett inspires Eric and then... I roll my inspiration dice, I fail. I get it back, so that's basically like another bardic inspiration that you normally right. would have had to use. But now it's just like, okay, well, hey, I use it on my attack roll, and I failed, so I just get it back. So now... Right. Uh, but, yeah, I... As a as a player, this seems awesome. As a DM, I hate it, because it, it removes <laughs> a lot of the... A lot of the... Um, like like chaos and probability and actual dice rolling true because the they'll always just get this extra bonus probably at least yeah until until, until it works just and to it's, stop stop you from doing stuff yeah and it's like and you're always going to succeed on your well, but that's kind of the point for the bard though right is it like that again it feels really bad when your bardic inspiration does nothing. yeah I, it, it, it really does feel bad because it feels yeah. like okay that was my class and i did nothing so there we go yeah, I, I, I kind of get that. I the one one of the push back on it is to say like, I do people feel bad when their attacks miss? Like, imagine if it's like, oh, if sure. your attacks miss the first time, you just get an extra attack. It's like you always get to redo <laughs> an attack like once. It's just like, but it's not right. that ridiculous. It's not. It's not to that level. No, because because yeah. they, they won't be able to use it until the next time they can, and it, it doesn't happen as often. Right. Yeah. It's the um, a lot of especially when pe players get really really powerful. Like, yeah, you need to be less optimal. So it's like that's kind of the fun part about it, where it's like, ooh, okay, I'm gonna cast disintegrate. The whole point of it is like, well, oh, it's all or nothing. Like I'm either gonna do 80 damage or nothing's gonna happen. That's the <laughs> right. exciting part. 
But if it's just like, oh, well, you just get advantage on everything. You just get, oh, it's a plus like 20 to all your attacks. It's like, it feels nice, but I don't know. Maybe it's just been a DM for too long. <laughs> the other thing you get is, is, is pretty fun to use the universal speech. So uh, this is level six as an action, you can choose one or more creatures within 60 feet of you up to number equal to your charisma mod. Uh, you can magically uh, have them understand you regardless of the language you speak. So you have universal language. That's I really that's like really, that. That's cool. Yeah, that's really interesting for a lot of different campaigns, right? Yeah. I mean, if there's a, an elemental monster that has no reason to be speaking with you, you can be like, let's stop combat for a second. Let me talk to this thing. Yeah, exactly. And th- this kind of ability I love because... Just like this you said, awesome. like normally I wouldn't even think about having like oh, right. Maybe, yeah, maybe there'd, be, there'd be no reason, reason to try and converse with the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, but now it's like, oh well, they might try to talk to him. Now I'm gonna par- put that in the story, and maybe there's an extra little side thing that you can do if you try to, to like convince it. Sure, like yeah, any of those like ghost wraith things. Like yeah. no one would ever dare try and speak to the thing, but you can be like, no, I can speak to it. I can I, speak to it. I can understand it. I can make it understand all my languages. So bam, here we go. And you have try like, it out. See what happens. And you have like a minimum like twenty eight persuasion at this point, right? I mean, yes, right. And you right, you succeed on all persuasion attempts. Yeah. Even do it. Oh man, this class is nuts. Uh, this this just like changes the campaign, right? Like all of a sudden at level six, this class alone just changes yeah. the whole campaign. This exactly. thing just warps the whole thing. The last it gets at level fourteen is the infectious inspiration. When you successfully inspire someone, you can inspire someone else. Yeah, so if it's somebody else is within 60 feet of you, you basically get to, like, twin cast inspiration. You have to use your reaction to do it, uh, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You, you, Yeah, you twin cast inspiration. And again, the inspiration dies because you have unfailing inspiration. Yep. Will get used, and it'll yeah. work. It'll succeed, because if it fails, they just get it again. Yeah, so I mean, this has to be busted. an A plus, right? Yeah. yeah, this this thing's just straight busted. This this is like super bard. <laughs> this is yeah. like the bard for the like they were just like let's just make the bard like super powered. Like here, here's just yeah. the bard. If you just want to play, yeah, and you know, maybe I was a little too harsh on me not liking this as a DM. Maybe this is one of those things that they recognize. Like maybe the bard isn't up to snuff with like the super powerful maxed out other classes. So we're just going to do this. So if you are playing a high powered campaign, now you can keep up with everybody. The thing is with the, with this class though, and with Bard in general, like I've found is like early on early levels, it feels great, but they drop off. So God dang hard. A class like this doesn't fall off because it's just overpowered from the beginning. But because of that, it's even more overpowered at the beginning than anything else. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's propped up a little bit by the spells because it is a full caster. So you do get, right. which is something that if you multi-class, you don't get as much. Um, yeah, th- this this class is insane. Absolutely. So there's our A+. Uh, so we range from A+, all the way down to F. Yeah. <laughs> all in one Both class. Both in bench. Tasha's. Both in Tasha's alone. I know, it's crazy. That's hilarious. Uh, how about some characters that we created? So we made some three, two level three characters for you. 
Yes. Uh, we'll run through them really quick just to go through kind of what we chose, why we chose it, uh, just to give you an idea of maybe some things you should think about when you're creating your bard. Uh, let's start with uh, race, class, and subclass. What have you chosen for us today? Okay, so I wanted to do College of Swords to start out with because I wanted oh, to make okay. a fencing coach. Like, that's his Offense, thing. A fencing coach. Okay. So I have a, uh, it's a white dragonborn. Ooh, interesting. So okay, I like that as, as theming for, yeah, like mm-hmm. a, someone that's so, into combat. Yep. Uh, and yeah, he is, yeah, so he is a, yeah, he's just a, he's just a fencing coach. So it's, it's, he's more of a motivational speaker rather than a musician. Right. Uh, do you want to get so my yeah I'll I'll, I'll go into I'll go into mine then. oh yeah that, so that yeah and then, and then my base so I I again in these sections I like to pick out uh maybe a lesser herd of race uh whatnot I just feel like it's a fun way to get people to hear about more races than the base class mm-hmm. uh so today I have chosen a Yuan Ti Pure Blood this is uh in a uh, Volo's guide and. They are a great bard because they get the charisma increase by two. They get an intelligence increase of one. They get dark vision. It's a good one to have. They get magical resistance. So they have advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Pretty big. That's just, that's just the race. They have a poison immunity. So they're immune to all poison damage and even the poisoned condition can't affect them. They also get some innate spell casting, so they know the poison spray cantrip. Uh, the cantrips on the bard are very bad. Very, very, very bad. Especially for damage. But they get the poison spray cantrip, which actually does some decent damage as a cantrip. Yeah, that's like a... It's a D12. Legit. Yeah, it's a legit cantrip. Uh, they'll also get animal friendship. They'll also get, uh, but it can only be used on snakes, <laughs> which is hilarious. Only they're like snake, snakes. They're snake yeah, people. The one T are like snake people. They're snake people. Yeah. Uh, and then at third level, they can also cast suggestion, uh, but they can only cast that uh, per every long rest. Yeah, it's like uh, but it's nice to have suggestion. It's a good spell uh, to have. Uh, so yeah, so that's who I went. And I went with the College of Glamour. I'm a beautiful snake. Wow, beautiful. <laughs> cool uh, snake person. And I just I just felt I really enjoyed that glamour level three ability where you can use it, you grant everyone movement, and you also grant them all temporary. I just thought that that's a really fun yeah. uh, take on the bard. I thought like, wow, what an interesting bard ability. I mean, there, there's no other class that does that. Like, that just like... Like AOE, like let's all move. Like, like yeah, here we yeah. go. You all get hit points and move. Let's all get in position. I like to imagine you're just like so distracting on the battlefield that everyone's, <laughs> yeah. everyone gets to run away. They're just like, whoa, who's that super hot snake over there? I, I, I just, I, that's that. There are so many cool, I could think of so many cool ways to use that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, even just running away. Like, yeah. boy, is that helpful running away? Like, like, oh, we need to get away? Well, on my turn, we all get an extra 30 feet of movement all yeah. of a sudden. And that's just as your bonus action that we all just got that. I just think there's 
a lot of really great ways to use his level three ability. So I went Glamour. And uh, that's one of those things that uh, you do in monster fights is like put players in a bind or from the DM side. You just like have your yeah. big monster sidle up to next to them. So you're just like, okay, right. if, if you... Right, yeah, they always gonna, run up next to you, and if you try and move, bam, they're getting opportunity attacks. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, man, if stuck here, they're going to attack Especially if they me, run up to, move, like, the wizard, right? The wizard's yeah. terrified to it's move. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, oh, I, sh- I should have said, yeah, the uh, Dragonborns get, like, plus two to strength and plus one to charisma. So I, st- I wanted to have at least a charisma buff. But, uh, yeah, but it makes sense to go Dragonborn in your case because you went as swords. You're more of a martial character, right? So the strength yeah. isn't a negative. You actually are probably exactly. looking for strength on the swords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, that, so that way I could pick like a long sword or something. Right, you're looking to actually just kind of hit them, hit them hard. Exactly. All right, uh, let's go delve into our subclasses then. Uh, tell us what you grab, how it worked with you, if there's any choices with your subclass, and uh, what spells you went. Uh, so since I'm doing like the whole fencing thing, I chose dueling. Right. Um, yeah, and the uh, I don't have to choose any like the blade flourishes at this level. Right. So you basically, you just get to use them whenever you you can in combat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I I like to f- choose the spells based on the character, at least at the early levels. So you get two second level spells. So because he's a coach, yep. he chose suggestion. Uh, okay. and then uh, heat metal. So I like heat metal Ooh, because, heat metal. especially if he's like gonna go in close, sometimes it can like cause a, the uh, enemy to drop his sword. I think heat metal is one of the most underrated spells in the game. I, I really have found that it is super useful in a lot of moments. Uh, you can always heat up someone's armor, and then they they can't, they can't drop take it. A, they can't take it <laughs> off. Yeah, and it does it does some damage, man. And, like, how terrifying would that be? Just all of a sudden your clothes are scolding hot. Wait, I mean, they can take it off, right? If they, if they have the ability to, and maybe they do, but then it drops their AC significantly. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. If if your DM says, like, oh, yeah, they just start taking it off. But sometimes if they're wearing, like, plate mail, that takes, like, five minutes to, to take off or something like that. I forget. Ooh, so man. they can't take it off in the middle of a fight. Uh, so some first-level spells. Uh, Fairy Fire. Uh, I love... Yeah. I, I just like Disguise Self so much. Especially disguise if you're self. a bard. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yep. Um, healing Word, because I oh, feel like yeah. a bard should have something. Uh, yeah, and then Silent right. uh, uh, silent Image. Is there, you see, sometimes you need some uh, some testimonies to practice against. Ah, okay. That's, that, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, just, um, the Healing Word is kind of is almost one of those musts, right? Because it, it, it works to like revive a teammate who's uh, doing yeah. death saves. Healing word is it does not do a lot of healing, but the thing is that it's a long ranged and it's a quick bam that guy's up. Yeah, and uh, I like doing it's a bonus more action. with bonus action because especially if yeah, I'm using my action. bardus inspiration to uh, do like defensive flourishes and stuff, I want to be able to use my bonus action to do other stuff. Yep, that's the other big thing is the healing word is a bonus action, yeah. uh, so it's huge. What about cantrips? Which ones do you take? Uh, we get two cantrips. Um. I did friends and uh, message. Interesting. I thought you would go for like the the blade ward. Yeah, I was. I was or thinking the, or the true play. strike. One of those two as like as as your coach. Yeah, I could do. <laughs> I could. Yeah, true strike would would Maybe work. True strike. 
Um, uh, yeah, like bard, the, bard cantrips blow, man. And I, you only get like two I of them well. to start out with. And you only get two of them, and they're not good. I know it well. I've uh, been there, done that. <laughs> uh, I had a goal that I would kill someone with vicious mockery. Never happened, surprisingly. Never happened. <laughs> Never once happened. Um, okay, so my one T, uh, Glamour. Uh, you don't choose anything as Glamour. You just have this mantle of inspiration. Um, and you have the, uh, what was the other thing you get? You get, um, give me one moment. Uh, you get the enthralling performance as your other thing. So you get your super persuasion. So in that way, I did not choose persuasion as one of my, because again, it's like, it's almost like you're given persuasion as an ability. So one of the rare times you don't choose persuasion as a bard. Most times, I think almost all the time you're going to choose it. And it's Normally. still a charisma stack or a charisma stat. So even if you don't have proficiency, right. so you're going to get yeah, gonna half your proficiency high. anyway because of right. jack of all trades. So. Right. Uh, for spells, I went with cantrips. I went with mage hand is one of the ones that I've I have found useful sometimes. Mage there hand are hand. some uses for it. Just to be able to do things from afar sometimes is useful. Open a chest. If everyone's, yeah, exactly. It's always like those moments when everyone's like afraid to open the door or like do something or like engage a trap. Everyone's like, oh, I don't want to do it. You do it. And you're like, you know what? Let, let's let my like magical hand go. Yeah, it's always okay. it's like, I'm always waiting. I'm always waiting like, ooh, I'm going to get up with this. And he's like, let's do mage. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a good thing to like have and, and, and do. Uh, and then the other one I chose... Uh, is is going to be vicious mockery. It is good in early levels. I have found it to be good in, in er, early early levels. You don't do a lot of damage again, but what vicious mockery does let you do is it puts disadvantage on people's attacks. Yeah, and that sometimes is worth it uh, in the early levels. After that, it's useless. I think is is you can like get rid of it and maybe go with like minor illusion, and you might use that more. Yeah, the because the or light. Uh, maybe something like dancing lights, dancing like, lights, yeah. or some yeah, some sort of yeah. light cantrip. Yeah, so the, actually, yeah, I'll go dancing lights. I'll go dancing lights and mage hands. I think those are going to be more useful. Yeah, in the in the because I, I also have I have poison spray because I'm yeah, you have poison spray with, anyway, which is so huge. Honestly, I think you want a good cantrip as a bard, and you just don't get that. It's really painful, honestly. Yeah, the. Uh... Yeah, like the, all the spellcasters, it's like you feel really bad when you're just like, uh, I don't, I can't really do damage because I'm, I right. want to save this one last spell slot. If, or something if you else think of happen. the other spellcasters in the game, they all have damage spells that are very good. That are that are like they hold their own. They they can do damage worthy of a martial character's like regular slash yeah, without any like craziness going on. Yeah. The bard does not have that, which really, you do find it hampers you yeah. in combat. I mean, you are punching through barely any damage because you don't get ridiculous bonus modifiers. So you miss a lot of your attacks. Yeah, so yeah. just the fact that this character, being this race, has a decent cantrip is huge. And with the, uh, since you're probably not like, oh, I'm a high dex or high strength character, you're, unless you choose one of these like martial stuff, uh, you're just like, okay, I'll fire my crossbow. Okay, I get a plus three to hit. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> all right, doesn't it? All right, got it. But bardic inspiration for you. You do something. All right. Uh, level one spells. I chose Bane 
Uh, you mentioned that in the past as a, a pretty Ooh, useful level one spell. So nice. yeah. yeah, I like Bane. Uh, Fairy Fire, I think that's another. And we cross over in two spells. Fairy Fire and Healing Word. And I just got to say, I think those are almost mandatory. Yeah. They are so useful. Healing Word, we already went over. But yeah, Fairy Fire is, is really, really good. Like, just gains... Everybody gains advantage on attack rolls against like a whole bunch it, of people. It, it's insane. First level spell slot is really good. Uh, and then I took identify as my last one. Uh, I think it's just a yeah a spell that's really useful and just to get that use out of your character at level three is just going to be really nice to have in your group. Yeah. Once they know someone has identify, it's going to be really really helpful. And identify is a ritual spell, so you usually yep. don't have so to you don't have to use your spell, spell slots, slots normally. And a lot of times where you're actually going to use identify, it's going to be in mostly those moments where you're not in combat. Mm-hmm. Again, you, you already have your combat spell set up with healing word. You're going to do that with your bonus action. It's going to use up a lot of spell slots. You're going to use your fairy fire until it works. Yep. <laughs> Get things at disadvantage and then start wailing on them. Uh, so, so you're using your spells in that in those ways. I think once you set up a fairy fire, honestly, it just feels so good, right? I mean, it's just yeah. to have the fairy fires up. You just plop it out there, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, these three creatures now everyone has advantage on. And yeah, just, and, and I think it, fairy fire good. works really well in this character, who's definitely very fae-oriented, right? When you use right. glamour, yeah. you're very much a fae. You're trying to go into this fey world so fairy fire is just right up your alley so you're really trying to use that every combat that's a good point and then uh second level spells i chose uh invisibility that's a good one super useful yeah invisibility's nice <laughs> and uh i i might have also chose this spell called uh knock <laughs> never heard anyone use that one before i've never That's used crazy. it before so no i honestly can't live without it now guys uh <laughs> i used it in the campaign and i used it more than i think you guys could ever imagine and i just think you need knock now yeah i i started purposely putting in like very intricate locks just because i thought it was hilarious <laughs> uh, just be like knock someone was like only the most powerful rogues with all this knock. like arcane knowledge of inner workings of locks and think that's oh okay never mind it's open come on in sir (laughs) (laughs) so if you notice i went with a character that's very very flowy very invisible very like just kind of doing stuff with the fey and knock is just super useful identify super useful um you know i love all these abilities invisibility with the bard is also pretty cool because invisibility is very helpful Visibility goes away once you do an attack or spell, but bardic inspiration is none of those things. So you can just yeah, be like, you can just, uh, I'm gonna use my mantle like from in the middle of the fight. Everyone else runs away. Everyone can move randomly. Yeah, I'm invisible, and everyone can move right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just it'd be a super fun class. Just to yeah, just to, like we're all just gonna move. <laughs> yeah. Let's get out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, everyone's moving. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are some good characters alright uh, what are we going to be talking about next couple of podcasts oh yeah so uh, so next we're going to be talking about um, magic the uh, Midnight Hunt Commander decks have been spoiled for a while now so we're gonna yeah they're out those. they're out and about we're going to go over those decks and if you should buy them uh, they are back priced at $40 which yep. I was surprised at so we'll go over that and what's in there and if you should buy them and there's and also, this big secret layer out 
baby. Yeah. So we got to get that that uh, that one out. Hopefully next week. Maybe we'll do two weeks in a row. I, I am busy next weekend, but maybe we'll do find a day. Um, mm-hmm. But that that ends in twenty two days. I don't know what that that's at least what I looked at just now. So if you're yeah hearing this on uh, hopefully I'm posting this on the twenty third tomorrow, and uh, if you're hearing this, it'll be gone then in twenty one days from this date of mark of uh, October twenty. So. Is that November twelfth? That sounds in three weeks. Roughly, roughly correct. Yeah, is when it ends. All right, and what about next time we get to a D and D podcast? All right, so we've kind of talked a little bit about running campaigns, running modules, and homebrews, but now we're going to talk about uh, one shots. Yeah, this is a uh, hot topic, I think, for D and D. Like, I feel like the you're most likely going to get introduced to D&D in the form of a one-shot. Right, yeah. I, that's a good point, yeah. You know, I haven't thought about it that way, but I think you're probably right. Yeah, like, I think rarely do you, you over... jump into, like, full-on campaign. You know what I mean? Like, right. I was introduced it... to D&D in, in the form of a one-shot. Yeah, like, I, I, I was introduced as a full-on campaign, but usually a lot of them just kind of, like, are just one-shots because you start a campaign and then they fall apart. But, yeah, <laughs> one-shot... One shots are great because you can just kind of like forget the rules, so to speak, about having like all these like crazy character hooks because everyone knows this is a one episode story. Right. So you can just kind of do some crazy nonsense. And I think it's a great way to just kind of take a little break from a campaign for both the uh, the DM and the players. Just be like, all right, we're, we've been doing this for a while, but let's, let's uh, go back and just kind of relax. Maybe just, go doing some other stuff, fight some different kinds of monsters, things like that. Yep. Yeah. I, it's great for things like this time of year, like holidays, like the one shot that I was introduced to D and D was the, you know, our Halloween special. Uh, probably we're <laughs> talking like exactly six years ago to the day that we did our Halloween special that I was introduced to D and D and it was, it was a bunch of fun. I mean, which gets you into the game. So I think one shots are great to talk about. We'll go into uh, what makes them tick and ha- how to set one up for, for yourselves and, 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 and everything that goes with it. Uh, what about if they wanted to reach out to us? All right, you can contact us through our email account, which is dragonpartypodcast at gmail.com or Twitter, which is at dragonpartypod. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'd love to hear from any and any and all of our fans. Mostly it's just spam in there. You know, I've been following up with it. I've been I've been looking at it uh, every spam now and again, bit. but you know, no, nothing 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 crazy going on so uh yeah we'd love to hear from some people that actually like listen to the show and uh give us suggestions and whatever you want to say uh we're 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 here for you and with that party on party on